What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast. And tonight, we have a real special guest in the building. Listen, this man comes from way across the pond, but you see him in Jamaica. You see him on Jamrock Cruise. You see him everywhere. You see him interview some of the biggest reggae stars we've seen ever. Listen, this man plays on the biggest radio station out of the UK. We're talking about BBC One Extra. You know who we have in the building today? We have Shawnee B in the building today. What's going on, big boss? Humbled by the intro, my brother. <laughs> Bless his muscles. From the UK out of West London. Your boy, Shoney yes. B. Well, go on, my brother. Blessings, blessings, blessings. Thank you for actually joining us today. We're all the way in Canada, and you're mm -hmm. all the way in UK. It's almost like, I was telling somebody the other day, it's almost like Corona, the pandemic, is something terrible, but there's a silver lining 100%. as long as you know what to do with it. One, well, you know what? I think that during this time, if you are a creative mind, you have become more creative during this time. And I just spoke to somebody earlier on today and I, I, I kind of said to myself, right, when this finishes, there's going to be a start line and everyone's going to be lined up at it. What have you done to put that extra boost into your pack? Yeah. So when, they, when that tee up that bus, what you are going to do? And kind of like, that's what I've been doing during this Corona time, just getting myself ready for when the new world opens up, up, up again. You're right. And you're in the UK right now. And I know, did you guys start opening back? We're still quarantined. What's the vibe like in the UK right now? Uh, we got a message last week, Sunday, from um, our Prime Minister, um, mm -hmm. Boris Johnson. And it was a bit of a confused one to the point that there, there's crazy memes out there about the yeah. message as well. So it yeah. was like, um, go back to work if you can go back to work. But if you don't have to go back to work, don't go yeah. back to work. And if you are going back to work, walk to work or cycle to work, but you should stay home if you don't have to go back to work. So essentially, go back to work, but don't go right. back to work. So we don't know what to do. Like, literally, yeah. everybody's like, so what are you doing? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like that. That's crazy because, again, I know you guys have been particularly hit hard because you guys were one of the last yeah. countries to actually close down, and then mm -hmm. you guys got hit hard. So even the city right now, when you actually look outside or go outside in the city, what's the city vibe like out there? I would say like a few weeks ago, it was Ghost Town Central. Um, like especially when I'm leaving my studio and going back to my base, I've I would count the cars and sometimes it would be like four or five cars on the road, wow. literally wow. Like yeah. eleven or twelve o'clock at night. I think slowly people are being kind of slowly going back out. Like even on route to the studio today, it was busy out there. And I'm okay. I really want to tell people like, let's not be silly about this. We don't know what Guan. So like, as we don't know our Guan, we don't know what's going to be an effect. Yeah, we've seen yeah. the numbers coming down, but we, we don't know what's going to happen when we go, all go back out there. So rather than go back out there prematurely, I would yeah. rather us just stay locked down, make it go down even more yeah. and then go back up. Because what's going to happen again when we go back out there? And if, if fingers crossed, the numbers don't, but if they go back up high again, yeah. do you not feel that the second lockdown is going to be even more severe? And the what? first lockdown. What? Because we figured, okay, because we're in Toronto now. I think the emergency act was May, March, I think like 14, 15 or 16, something like that. And right now we're in May 15th. So we're mm -hmm. talking about two months now. So if the initial one was two months, how long do you think the second one would have to be? They say, okay. Three, four months. Like, and I get it. It's the economy mm -hmm. and we're suffering. Mm -hmm. But would you rather suffer the the loss of a family member the loss of one of your 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 mother yeah people are burying their parents and not even having a funeral i've lost all my parents i give th thanks up 
I don't have to have that worry right, right now. But mm -hmm. forget about money, economy, this, that, the other. This is about life. And for 100%. me, like, stay safe. And if you do have to go work, because don't get me wrong, some people are going to be sitting at home saying, Sean, but you're rich. But me not rich. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get the sentiment that you you have a house with kids and you've yeah. got to feed them. And where's that money coming from? And mm -hmm. I get, get that. So when you have to do that, then you have to do it very smartly and very safely because the real fact is people are dying. And I'm around the corner from a black community and you know that it's hitting our community and the Asian community the most because yeah. yep. of diabetes um, high blood pressure and all these kind of things. And Harleston is like about a 10 minute drive from where I am. And that's okay. like a very big black community. And they have been hit so hard. We're chatting about, yeah. I've heard rumors. I don't know if it's true, so I don't want to speculate. Okay. I'm hearing like people on one road, like dozens of people on a road have passed away or wow. dozens of people was at a party. And because if it's a certain age group, a lot of them have been suffering. The amount of faces that I've seen on Facebook, it's been heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, honest to God, it's been so heartbreaking. And we just got to try and stay safe. That's all i got to say, man. we yeah. got to stay safe. I mean, that's true. And when this is all said and done and over, how do you think people's attitudes or how quickly do you think people are going to really adjust back to what's the new normal is going to be? Um, That's a good question, you know. Um, I would hope that the thoughtfulness, the togetherness, the unity that we've been seeing, I've, I would hope that all of that continues. Mm -hmm. But muscle, I've been on this earth for over 40 years. And you see, I think our mankind, mm -hmm. once it goes back to normal, back to back normal. To normal. <laughs> you understand. So, but I, I see this as a great reset right now. And something is going in. Like there's a higher heights talking to us. Sure. That's the way that I feel. I, 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 I'm not religious like that, but I am mm -hmm. spiritual like that. And I believe that this is a higher heights talking to us and saying to us, slow down, stop, look, think, mm -hmm. listen, observe while go on. Because I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things in my personal life that has come to the forefront because we can't run away just like that anymore. No. Every weekend we're up on the road and this, that, the other. So a lot of things that you may have been put into the back of your mind on that forefront because you're seeing and dealing with that every day. So I have to deal with it, sort it out, boom, dust off and come back again. So I, I would hope on the other side of this, that it's a new, better world. You get it. You 100% get it. And what type of opportunities do you think is going to actually arise with people being able to now during the Zoom calls or doing interviews and all these type of stuff? What type of opportunities do you think are going to really arise out of this whole situation? I would hope that, especially for the Caribbean community, especially mm -hmm. for the Caribbean community, especially for the community that we're part of, Muscle, mm -hmm. that we've seen the power of this. Yeah, we've seen the power of an in-depth interview. Yeah. Like we've seen the, we've seen the power of creating networks for ourselves. Because yes, I work for the BBC, BBC, mm -hmm. and I'm very fortunate to have a, a platform like that to be able to. A lot of the content that I have goes out to those different places. And a lot of people sit there and say, boy, Shani, you're lucky for do this, you're lucky for do that, you're lucky for... No, yeah. I bring that to the BBC. Like, right now, I wish I could probably be a free yeah. man because contractually, <laughs> I can't do what you do. You yeah. get what I'm saying? But it's a okay. free world right now. So yeah. what, what I see on the other side of this, mm -hmm. like, I would love to see a new black network because when you look at what you do, mm -hmm. what Wiz does, mm -hmm. um, what... Um, 
Mataran has been doing, what Agent Sasko has been doing, what Digicel has been doing, what I've been doing, what What She Fire has been doing, what Major Hype has been doing, what Steely Bashman has been doing. Well, when you look at all of that, and then there's other parts like, <laughs> I've been watching a comedian from the UK called Judy Love that has yes. been doing um, like dating, yeah. <laughs> like dating games. <laughs> like, Wallan, yeah. and, and all kind of people I message up. Noah Power up tough crackers. That's a game show. Yeah. Noah Power will be the greatest game mm-hmm. show host out Ever. there. The brother <laughs> slick with it, and he's and he's of the culture. He stays the way he is. Yeah. So I, I see so much opportunity that hopefully, like the the complexes and the revolts and all of these kind of other platforms as well, see mm-hmm. the power of our industry. Because w- one of the things that we have in this industry. Even though sometimes we don't see the monetary side of it, because we give away our whole eat for free. You but understand. The influence and the entertainment that we have is second to none. You tell me somebody that can hold people for weeks and hours on end, like Tony Mataran, doing what he does with the drums. I beat the drums. Like, it's crazy. I, 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 sometimes I don't know what channels to watch. I hop, skip, jump, I move around. What? It's this is the, your phone is a television. You're not you're not watching 100%. TV, you know. On mm. a Friday, Saturday, and even Sunday, all you're doing is skipping through live, 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 live. Crazy. Okay, what am I interested? And it's like it's the real you get from the real famous people to the more obscure people that only a hundred people know is mm. getting interviewed. So the the delta is so wide right so now. So wide. Everything is open. It's like I almost feel like we're in. 1900 and everything is brand new because even the technology right now is still it's basically this is the worst the technology is going to be moving forward we're going to get better because oh. right now it's still 720p for videos mp3 for audios and all these stuff there but as we go the technology is only going to get greener green screen uh, <laughs> it's a multimedia studio this was just a recording studio yeah. then when when the, the lockdown happened um i just now start doing my radio show from here because the bbc only want a certain amount of live shows okay it's very important that mm-hmm. the bbc stays clean sanitized so the traffic in and out of the building they didn't want mm-hmm. that amount of um traffic in and out the bbc um primarily is like the main news service worldwide so you got to make sure, like, music goes to the back. Pop goes yeah. to, as they call it, pop goes to the back. Okay. Music is forefront. So a lot of shows that could be pre-recorded had to be pre-recorded. So I switched up my studio into a radio studio quick and fast, which I had done already a few years ago. But I just bought in a few new pieces of equipment and all the rest of it. So I'm able to broadcast from here. And then from doing all the um, lives that we've been doing on IG and all the rest mm-hmm. of it, you want to push the technology. You want you want to look better than your brethren because okay. it's friendly competition. Always. We got my brother Specs because Specs yeah. were with me. I said, Shani, ah. you, have a high, you have a high rig, Shani. Make sure yeah. you get Mr. Specs. May I have the high rig. May I have my duet, Apogee. May I have everything for plug-in. Yeah. Make sure you get the quality right. So we are pushing each other to get better. And I love that because friendly, competitive competition is I, I saw Steely Bashman on a train the other day, mask up, gloves up, yeah. with extra equipment coming from a shop. Like, you know what? That, that's what you yeah. call passion, you know? Because New York is a dirty place right now. And the man went on the dirtiest place, the tree and the subway. You do what you have to do to do get what the you job have to do. done. 
I applaud all my brothers out for there. Sure. Like, for sure. like for sure. all of us out here doing work, and I think that we're doing a fabulous service because I'm enjoying what they're supplying because that's where I'm going for my entertainment. Me not watch BBC, ITV, Channel 4, Channel 5. Me not do that, YouTube and IG. That's you where I get, get the stories that I want. You get it 100%, Shani. 100% get it. Let's get into the history of Shani B here, all right? Oh, gosh. Yeah, all yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Hugging, we do. We have nothing one time. <laughs> you have server space. <laughs> yes, I do. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. So, okay, because I know from watching... Okay, I'm going to skip forward a bit just to go back. I know from watching the Bourgeois interview that you were born in the UK. So you're yes. probably... What background are you? Uh, my mother is Jamaican. My father is Dominican. Okay. So then you have the Jamaican and Dominican in mm-hmm. your life. So then you have a good mix of soca, reggae, and calypso. And 100%. I, I grew up listening to Mighty Spire as a kid. Lord Kitchener, Brooke Benton, right. um, Nat King Cole... When my father played Brook Bent and a Nat King Cole on a Sunday, yeah. you know, a murder with a bottle okay. of whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Watch some cricket at these things. There with my mother take over the stereo, some John Holt, um, Bob Marley, Dennis Brown, Boris Gardner, yes. them sitting there. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that, that, that is the staple diet of the music that I grew up on. And that formed who this Shawnee B is now. So initially when you're at home, you're listening to these songs. Yeah, that's cool. But you know, when we're younger, we don't mm. really like our parents' music at first. We just got to get into it. So carry me through your journey, how you actually came into being a DJ and what led you through to reggae music. You know, it's funny. I was talking about this the other day and um, I saw somebody put up, I don't know if you know about the toys, Fisher Price toys. Yeah, of from course back we do. Of course. Right. You know, I mean, you used to get the Fisher Price toys, and you get a little turntable one, and wow. it have the grooves, and it played a little melody, wow. the ladder by it. <laughs> like, I was intrigued by them things there. And then I remember as a kid, I don't know how, my father always had a stereo there. The gram was always there. Okay. But as a kid, a turntable just came into the house. But it was one mm. of those little, I kind of equate it to be what the DJs are using now to rip their vinyls back to computers, like a USB turntable. It just yes. had a little speaker on it. And I always remember, for some reason, I always remember Herbie Hancock, Rocket. Yeah. I used to scratch though, just back and forth as a kid. For some reason, I don't know where I see it, how. And I know I've got a record inside here. And because the platter wasn't an actual 12 inch platter, it was like a 10 inch platter. Yeah. If I find that record, I know I could find the grooves of where the twelve, the ten inch was ripping into the vinyl from the scratches. Yeah. So like that was my first that I can remember mm-hmm. of doing something like that. And then as a kid, I remember doing like the pause button mixtapes. Um, I remember um, doing pause button mixtapes with like Dougie Fresh and yes. Get Fresh Crew and all those kind of things. So those was like my first first memories of doing that. And my brother had a sound system, okay. so. He had a sound system, like a school sound system. And what I'm chatting about, I'm 11 and 12 these times, you know. Yeah. And my brother, the first times I remember coming home from school and seeing this guy in my yard with my brother with two turntables on a window. So I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. I, I want to know about that. And I was, I was so young, but mm-hmm. this is what I wanted to do. That is what I loved. And I loved hip hop as a okay. kid. So yeah. I grew up listening to like Public Enemy, um, Eric B and Rakim, um, Ultra Magnetic MC, Stetsa uh-huh. Sonic. Mm-hmm. Like, if I got upon the top rack right up, yeah, yeah. so I peer at them gems there. That okay. I'm putting out. 
So yeah. that was my first, first kind of into the music. So every time my brother would do a practice set in the yard, mm-hmm. I would get the opportunity to put the records away. Great. And when I put the records away, then I may get an half hour bus yeah. on the turntables. <laughs> okay. That was my way. So that's how I actually learned records as well to say, right, that label goes with that mm-hmm. cover. This label goes with that. And that was just like my training of doing all that. At the same time, I was working in record shops as a kid as well. Okay. So yeah. I used to be downstairs doing what they used to call master bags. So um, you may get a box of records come in. Mm-hmm. They put it on a rack like this, but yeah. you will have one record that was the one that they always used to play in the shop. And that yeah. would go in the master bag. So I would master bag up all those Got records, you. put them on the shelf, all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. That was all of these things was like when I was 13 years of age. Mm-hmm. And then I think my brother, my oldest brother came up from Jamaica yeah. and he introduced us to Kilimanjaro. This um, is where the game started. My younger brother or my older brother above the <laughs> above me, <laughs> not the eldest. Yeah. He was a Saxon fan. Bam. Uh-huh. So he a Saxon as are you coming up. And when he used to do his school dances and all the rest of it, people like UT General, Bobler Ranks, all these kind of people they used to come to his school. I would just hear about these names as a kid, literally. Yeah. So when my brother come up to England and he come with Kilimanjaro. Now Kilimanjaro come from a place called Lawrence Tavern in St. Mm-hmm. Andrew. My mm-hmm. grandmother know the owner of them, Arthur. Okay. She know okay. the whole family. My grandmother look at me one day and tell me, say, yo, I can't tell you when Jaro was one little horse box outside a Harper shop. Green. My, gra- <laughs> my, my mother went mm-hmm. to school with Mr. Arpa. So I'm Jara through and through. My brother lift box for Jara. I'm through and through. So when my brother come and then gave me that side of it, I was like, like, okay, this is different. This is nice. But then I met two Jamaican brothers. Mm -hmm. Winji, who you still see in the streets with me to this day when I'm in Jamaica and his cousin bigger. I used to now be in the bedroom doing my thing in the bedroom, hip hop mixing, all the rest mm-hmm. of it, scratching. And they used to be out on the block. Yeah. So my bedroom window used to come open on the, on this road. Mm-hmm. Everybody was there. From sun is out, everybody is there. Shawnee uh, where, where was it? White City, West London. Okay. So this wasn't like a Brixton or a, a yeah. Dawson or a, a Hackney or a Harleston. Yeah. <laughs> this was a little place called White City near Shepherd's Bush, near yeah. where the BBC TV centre is. Well, okay. it's not really renowned for reggae as such. Yeah. I think the biggest name is a name by the name of Louisa Marx. I don't know if you know about Louisa Marx. Who Sounds sing a lover's rock song called Sixth Street, Caught in a Lie, massive artist. Like, I grew amongst her. She's a big woman for me, but I grew amongst, I grew amongst yeah. her. R.I.P. to her. Mm-hmm. But when I buck up these Jamaican youths, they were like, yo, Shani, mm-hmm. if you could do all that scratching like that, Imagine you do that with dancer. And this was around the transition of one turntable got to two turntables. I used to listen to walking to school now. I'm entrenched in this thing, listening to the Geminis, listening to Papa San, Wolfman. You you wait for the fresh lyrics and Jara with Ninja Man, the Clash cassette them with jar and silver arc when ninja wow. man take off them like i grew 87 1987 no uh, times there all of those grew up on all of that mm-hmm. but then the the juggling coming in mm-hmm. 
And this is where I discover Stone Love and these kind of sounds. And I'm like, but I do this anyway. Yeah. This is what me do. Me mix two records together and I can actually do it at a better pace. Yeah. I'm more intricate with the scratching. And because back then, Jamaican scratching was quite basic. <laughs> it was quite, I was, I was doubling up. Yeah. <laughs> I was doubling up with the scratches and everything yeah. like that. So with my Jamaican bridging, then we'll start playing the music like that. You know what I'm saying? So if it's like a house party or whatever, bigger, my bridging will come and he would do the whole Rory thing as we enter inside the groove. <laughs> and me, I juggle off the little yeah. Wayne Wonder, them, she's out of my life and all these kind of songs. Okay. So, and I at this to... time, you were, you were, you had transitioned from hip hop to reggae this time, or you were still basically Play, in playing the everything. Yeah. I played everything. I, I would have to is... say, even to this day, I still play everything. Okay. And what was your DJ name back then? Or did you Sha- even have it? Still Shawnee B. It was okay. always Shawnee B. Yeah. Um, but my brother's sound system was limited edition, but it wasn't a big sound. It wasn't a dub plate sound. We yeah. didn't really have aspirations to be like the top juggling sound. I'll be honest with you, as a kid, I probably yeah. thought to myself, that's a little bit far-fetched for me. You get what I'm saying? I'm yeah. 16, 17 these times. I'm like, I'm not going to get accepted into these kind of worlds and all the rest of it. Yeah. So I just kind of plugged away doing what I did as a sound system playing house parties, christenings, all these kind of things are just making my name in that kind of way. But mm-hmm. it, it was never on a grand scale. Okay. We'll venture out and do all day as big, like, um, like town halls and them kind of things there. Once in a while, I'll get my opportunity and get my little bus like that. But it was never, ever something that became quite big. And that if is. I be honest with you, mm-hmm. a little part of me wished yeah. that we had that ambition to become bigger than w- what we was. You get what I'm okay. saying? But I think the cost of dub plates and all them kind of yeah. things. I remember sitting down with I remember sitting down with um Capen in um uh a kitchen in Kensal Rise, West London, yeah. and hearing 500 pounds for a dub plate. 500 pounds for a dub plate. Fam, we was doing house parties for 150 pounds. Do the math, it just now work out. You have to do four parties and might have some change left over just for, for one, one song. song. For one, one song, song. One song. So that's the reality of. You know what? You never grow up in an era that have a big sound that you could attach yeah. yourself to. Nobody never knew who I was at the time. Mm-hmm. But this now is where I started to use my head. Okay. And say, I'm going to create my own lane. And my own lane was using what I do yeah. with the hip hop, R&B, and everything else, mm-hmm. but mixing it with dancer. So my pseudonym is the Remix Kid. I've been doing God, remixes dude. from long time. Like when there used to be like a music phone called Acid House back in yeah, the day, in the late, right, in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. I was mixing Ninja Man with music like that. Dan Bad Man. Yeah. Dan Bad Man. <laughs> yeah. All, all them kind of songs there with some different electronic Acid House kind of business. I was but I guess because that. you guys, you guys are exposed to like the drum and the bass garage and stuff like that. So for Just your like mind, you to guys say... are exposed to a different thing as well. Mm-hmm. But so over, for you but, to say that, but it just that was, that's the creation of things like drum and bass. Like sometimes, sometimes I sit back and think to myself, mm. "Did you help create that sound, Shawnee? Yeah, because I've got mixes mm-hmm. of dancehall over yeah. beats like that, and I did get the opportunity to go and play with the likes of Fabio and Groove Rider on okay. all these big names. Yeah. But I was a kid. My mum weren't letting me to go out just like yeah. that. I grew up in a family household where 
um, if I'm going out, I'm going out with my bigger brother. I never really get the bus for just go road by myself. Yeah. So you, get you were what I'm like probably the youngest one or one of the youngest ones in the uh, house? One of, one of the youngest ones in the house. So yeah. my bus to go out road was literally yeah. to play the sound system with my brother. So when I was 15 yeah. and 16, it's my bigger brother yeah. that was taking me out. But that whole time, I was honing my own skill of remixes. I just kept yeah. on doing these different abstract mixes for myself. It was just li literally for my own enjoyment and i never knew that it would actually create the person that i am today crazy because, just like that because when i was when i when i started doing those kind of things there i didn't even know renaissance i didn't even know black chinese mm -hmm. i didn't even know suspects and then was doing yeah. that in canada <laughs> yeah we was all just doing our own little thing and it was in 1996 mm -hmm. that me really really get the bus where I did a remix for Case and Foxy Brown. Yeah. Touch Me, Tease okay. Me. Yeah. And I took the drums from Tony Braxton, You're Making mm. Me Behind the Salam Remy remix. Yes. Flipped it over the top of the instrumentation mm. of Touch Me, Tease Me. And my mother just got made redundant. And yeah. I just bought my equipment. My mom yeah. gave me a thousand pounds. I'm a buy a computer. I mm. still have my sampler, S2000 down here. I and know I exactly what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I bought that with the money. All of the brothers them get a little money when my mum was made redundant or whatever. Yeah. And that's what I bought. And then I made this remix and I promise you, Muscle, I said to my mother, I'm begging you our extra money, mummy. Yeah. I need 600 pounds to go and press a bootleg. That's when my mum was pressing bootlegs. Okay. Muscle, I sold 10,000 copies of this record. Bro, what? 10,000 copies of this record. No lie. No lie. I remember going to Dub Vendor, and Dub mm. Vendor was like the main record shop in the yeah, UK. Yeah, yeah. And to see my record on the wall in Dub Vendor, and they used to call me and say, Shawnee, can you bring another 300 copies? Shawnee, can you bring another 450 copies? That's like, how they were selling. That's how they were selling. I ain't gonna tell no lie. I sold 10,000 copies of that, and then I did a part two. Mm. I had to put that mix back on part two <laughs> and sold another 10,000 copies, bro. Wow. And from there, I guess the light went off, say, hey, we could definitely do something here because this is working. This is working. This was a sound of what was going on at the time. That was my mm -hmm. cheat code for not having to pay for dub plates. Yeah. Because if you remember during the 90s, you know, um, there was a period where Stone Love was just raining and Stone Love would play everything on dub and they would juggle out anybody. Um, I think it was Rory that said, yeah. If there's a sound that's going to come and beat us, they have to be yeah. unique and different. Mm -hmm. And then along came Renaissance. And then they had like the Tony, Bra I'm sure they had like their own little Tony Braxton mixes going on. And then they had the Bounty Killer Nitro mix and all these kind of things. Mm -hmm. So during the mid 90s, remixes really were the thing. So where you would have had somebody like Bobby Condes in New York doing the Suicide or Murder remixes with yes. Bounty Killer, um, Black Chiny was just coming up during that time mm -hmm. and busting out with the mixtapes and all the rest mm -hmm. of it. Renaissance obviously leading the way, leading the pack for that sound. Mm -hmm. I was that kid in the UK that was yeah. doing that. Now, Papa Face, anytime yeah. you want to interject, I can just talk <laughs> <you> know. <laughs> you know. Mark, I'm listening, I'm listening. <laughs> Papa, Papa Face mm -hmm. used to work in Dubber and the records, big up Papa Face. Yeah. Now, Papa Face used to work alongside Rodigan. He used to be the DJ selector that or Mike Man as well. When, when Rodigan used to go out on the road, yeah, Face was always with him. Okay. So Face and these guys would always encourage me in a record shop. I've gone from the kid that used to come in there with his school blazer on, 
now it's only a big man and you're yeah. selling hard parts now. <laughs> at three and four hundred, not just right, one. Yeah, two. what a joke. But you have to, for years, that they took money from me. You know? Yeah. They, they <laughs> emptied out my pocket as a school you. So mm -hmm. it was nice getting money back from them. But then Crazy. he said, Shawnee, I'm going to play your mixes to Rodigan, you know. Cool. Yeah. And then I played a dance in Bedford with Rodigan. Okay. And he, I think he was just impressed with the way that I played and presented myself. Mm -hmm. And he goes, you know what? I like what you're doing, Shawnee, this, that, the other. I didn't even know him like that. Okay. And then he rang me and he asked me to do a mix for Kiss FM. Okay. And Kiss FM was one of the biggest, if not still one of the biggest of commercial radio stations. And Rodigan used to do a daytime radio show on there. And he asked me to do, he used to have guest DJs do 15 minute mixes. Yeah. Not from the world, the dance hall or just anything, from the world. Mm -hmm. All the top DJs, this is Kiss FM. Yeah. 15 minute mix. So I did this mix, started the mix. And my brother came in from his YTS job, mm -hmm. like a youth training scheme. Heard five minutes of it, he goes, nah. Delete. Yeah. This is Kiss <laughs> FM, bruv. This is millions come. of people, bruv. You gotta come good. I thought it was fiery. Yeah. But the standard of my bedroom that back then was up there. Because yeah. you have to remember, this is where we did our training as youths, like coming on from school, chatting lyrics, learning how to mix. So the standard and the quality of what used to go on in my bedroom as a youth was high. Different level. It's a standard. Different. I, I'm telling you, because I was the only youth on the block with a computer. I was the only youth on the block with two turntables. I was Listen, only like back then. You're, you're the you think man. Any, any man what? couldn't buy them sitting there? What you Two couldn't? Tables and a, and a computer in 96, 97, <laughs> like those times. What well, some people know about? What well, some people know about CompuServe? No. About CompuServe. <laughs> the CompuServe email where you have a CompuServe yeah. number for your email. Like that was my. I dial up. Yeah. No. <laughs> only man with that in the ends back yeah. then. So the standard was high. So we laced up this mix and we gave it to Rodigan. And Rodigan played it and he rang me and he goes, Shawnee, yeah. never have I ever got phone calls about a mix on Crazy. my show. Yeah. And Rodigan rang me the next day. Shawnee, never have I had yeah. to play <laughs> a mix again on my show. Wow. Rodigan rang me the next day. Cause I used to have a phone in my bedroom as a you, my own personal <laughs> life. And if you don't know Rodigan, yeah. Rodigan's a very good actor. Mm -hmm. Youth, my youth. Like he put a Jamaican. I'm like, how this? <laughs> it's Rodigan. Just yeah. to let you know, I'm playing the mix again on my show. They play that mix for three months straight in the what? daytime on Kiss FM. Wow, and that was your. I guess that was where the radio intrigued you at that point there. I'd always been doing radio because what I, I tell you, I skip over a whole heap of things. <laughs> I used to work in news and current affairs in the BBC. So I was an engineer for some of the biggest news programs on the BBC. I did six months of that. I was like, you know what? I was 19 when I did that. I was like, yeah. nah, I'm not about to do this. Yeah, Earning like 21,000 pounds a year, big mm -hmm. money for overtime in the nighttime, this, that. I, I, I just didn't want to do it. And I, I then like ended it. up going to go and teach radio. So radio was always in the back of my mind. Okay. But I'm out here as a producer now because now this mix has got yeah. record companies phoning me. Mm -hmm. So I've done remixes for Lauren Hill. I've done remixes for Praz. 
I've done remixes for Destiny's Child. And these I've are official remixes. Official remixes. Official Lauren Hill, DJ Scribbles. I had a song back in the day. I did a mix for that. Yeah. Um, Destiny's Child. I d- what was the Destiny's Child that I did? You know what? T- tell a lie. You know what? I think the Destiny's Child may not have come out, you know. I have, okay. to, I have to double think. The Destiny's Child may not have come out. But Pras, Blue Angels, I did a remix for that. Rave on Two Way, I did a remix for that. I, I was busy doing remixes back in the day, even flipping Ali G. I did yeah. a remix for Ali G. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I swear yeah. to you, I did a remix for Ali G with Julie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't go look for it, though, please. But yeah, Ali G, I did a remix for Ali G. I did a, re- I did a remix. I did remixes. I made a lot of money back then. Doing I, didn't re- I did not mm. realize. And now you know what? After you told me that Radagon story, everything came back to mind. It's like, I know what you're right say. back to then. I remember all of that, bro. I remember because going Sean back to the Rodigan, B being back then. When you think about Rodigan, yeah. Now me and Rodigan's got this link in it. Mm-hmm. I come in my yard, love my mother, my mother love him. This is Radigan. Yeah. The Rodigan's good to come to my yard, isn't it? Yeah. My for big got Rodigan, you know, real talk. I know yeah. that Rodigan take a lot of beating sometimes, yeah. but <laughs> this is a story that people can hold. Guys, yeah. it's true and nothing but the truth. Yeah. Rodigan come to my yard and I love clashes. Mm-hmm. That's the other part that we just skipped over. My love, my God, <laughs> first world clash of England, all of that, my do that. Yeah. Rodigan said he's got a clash with mm-hmm. Jaro. And he said, Shawnee, I've got a Bob Marley a cappella. Do you know what? Actually, I may be telling the story back to front, you know. I think mm-hmm. that that happened before the Kiss FM mix. I'd have to speak to Rodigan about it. Yeah. But he said that he's got a Bob Marley acapella, mm-hmm. Iron Lion Zion, yes. the original take. And he wants something to go Clark Jarrow with. I said, listen, Cuss Cuss Rhythm is one of Trooper's favorite rhythms. You have to remember, yeah. yeah. I'm a Jarrow You're a Jarrow fan. fan. <laughs> <laughs> Tro- Trooper was a serial killer. Yeah. Beat everything. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying to myself, yo, this is an opportunity. So I'm going to say, yeah, what we're going to do? Mm-hmm. We're going to put that Bob Marley on that rhythm because we know that it's Trooper's favorite rhythm. It's yeah. going to get to him, star. <laughs> what? I'm never going to tell that line. I know it's going to get to him. Yeah. Bruv, I sat down one whole day. This is before Ableton or anything. You have to chop up the sample, like literally my keyboard had mm-hmm. I'm on the run, yeah. da, 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 like <laughs> syllable, Line. Yeah, yeah, because it was all over the place as well. Mm-hmm. So when I listened to the dance version, yeah. there's actually a part that I never got correct. When okay. I listen to the dance version of I Line Zion or the original, mm-hmm. I hear the same kind of jump. I ain't yeah. gonna tell you not where. It is, <laughs> now I'm gonna go back and no, listen. <laughs> I hear, I hear the jump, guy. Me hear yeah. metronome in my head. Mm-hmm. So we all when Roddy Gun went and played that and said. Remix by Shawnee B, bruv. Like my heart fluttered. <laughs> Crazy. Are you talking? Was this the the jam rock where they clash in Queens? I think it was. I, do you know what? I'll be honest with you. I honestly yeah. can't. I'm the worst with dates and times. But yeah. what you have to remember, you know, I was a fan of like um dancehallreggae.com. Of course. So I'd be watching the breakdowns and the patrons mm-hmm. and the this, that, the other. Big up Drew and the whole family, but I'm uh-huh. going to them now. But <laughs> I used to be a keen reader of that form. Okay. So to 
hear this clash one and then hear the breakdown. Like, I was like, oh my day, I made it, my mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made it. I made it. So yeah. that link with Rodigan stayed there and we continued putting out the remixes and all the rest of it. But then comes mm -hmm. 1999. Okay. My brethren Bigger kept a dance with Tony Mataran, tour with okay. Tony Mataran. Yeah. The Mataran come. I was actually playing at another gig the night. Yeah. And then I came back to Harsden. And the first night wasn't that great. But Mataran played mm -hmm. the Sizzler, Dem I Wonder. Mataran played, hold on. Mataran played the Yaga, 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 Yaga. He played yes. the whole of the Hate Me Now juggling. Mm -hmm. Right. So then, big up my bridge in Splaka Valley, Soft Touch. Yeah. The man said, yo, we have to find something for club, blood club. Because <laughs> this, this dance, these dances mm -hmm. was like, the first night was Harsden. The second night was Chimes in East London. Yeah. The third night is um, on the boat. Okay. And I've skipped up a whole heap of history. Yeah. <laughs> in some of this history, what you don't realize is yeah. I was kind of the guy in the streets doing the adverts and flyers for every, well, a lot of dances. Okay. I was one of the, I was in this, I was the guy in the back looking after all DJs, remixes, mm -hmm. edits. When when they first no start idea. come get emailed over and they split, yeah. it was my studio. Everybody come for okay. Sean to fix them, clean them up, edit them. Because from the remixes, mm -hmm. everybody I knew did I did the remixes. So there's a lot of sounds I supplied remixes for, and so it, there's a lot of blood clots. Some women spliced up for the <laughs> sheer. What, what did you just say to me? Yes, I've done it. I've spliced up for man in the past. Man yeah. begged me that, that man begged me to just throw my name in this song yeah. <laughs> once or twice. But I can't do it. But I can't do it. I'm shame. But it broke. I was young. Yeah. <laughs> Don't judge but me. I guess because you were so advanced in the studio work and remixing and stuff. Easily. Your Easily. your mind was not. Oh, this is splice. This is okay. I'll just. It's almost like your mind computed it mm. as a remix. This is you just another remix. I'll be honest with you. Now I'm not gonna tell you some splice. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a man will get a vocal that's mm -hmm. even like a 45 or something like that mm -hmm. and say, Shani, just put my name in there and make yeah. it sound like rare, rare, rare and fix it up, this, that, that. But I only pass splice stuff me here through the years. Yeah. Man yeah. say, I've been him and it's between him and like <laughs> a lot of splice stuff. <laughs> but anyway, going yeah. back to the matter around matter thing. Around. yep. So boom. So, all right, back to the base, back to the bedroom. Me and Splacavelli build a remix mm -hmm. with Puff Daddy at the front. Then it breaks down. Yeah. Certain why we don't want a friend from them. A pussy that stopped well, well under. Yeah. It's black and left. Yeah. And then I said, Mega Bill, our next one mm -hmm. called the Peace Remix with Junior Reed and yeah. Spraga Benz. Yes. And I at the beginning was one. Martin Luther King. Bro. Clap off Mataran every <laughs> Saturday night. <laughs> You see, when the time we reach the boat, I'm going to play the piece. The man them had the champagne buckle them beating off the side. Ask Andrew Fresh. I don't even know That's if kid. Andrew Fresh remember 
<laughs> because it was Lord Gelly's sound that was inside there yes, today. Yes, I mean, I got yes. the truth. Mm-hmm. I don't even think the man did why anybody for play yeah. upon the song. Of the t- Imagine. <laughs> Tell the truth, Andrew. You know, I love you, bro. Tell the truth, sir. There was a lot of side looks like, let me just do what me yeah. I do. Play my one song. Boom, 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 Cut. boom, boom. That's Sunday. You see, the Monday, flights mm-hmm. go back to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Who was at my yard Monday morning? Mr. Mataran. Tony Mataran said, now nah, left England <laughs> without that. Mr. Maji, hey, what now? Mm-hmm. If we load you up, you know, mm-hmm. just make sure some man get the ratings, bruv. So, boom, we got a dub in there one day. Weeks pass and fully loaded video cassette come out. Mm-hmm. And brother, when I see this brother play, the certain boy. And a man stand up on the stage like that with his two hands open up like Jesus, you know. I'm like, <laughs> and just taking it in. Hey, what? The gunshot them were club. Boom, 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 boom. Call up man and say, yo, it's yeah. a shiny. I know why you're calling me, you know? <laughs> Come in, no, say, you give it because I know mm. just left and I know it will work. And me and my friend, my big, I clout it. <laughs> Brother, couldn't hear from Tony. Mm-hmm. Couldn't hear from, couldn't see Tony. A boom. Fire links came to the UK. And them time there, that war was hot. Yes, Mataran and links, of course. So Tony Mataran, no, fire links. I think he's my bridge godfather, barber mm-hmm. and graphic designer, must I keep the dance. Yeah. And bring fire links come to my yard. Yeah. My bedroom, you know, I'm living with my mum. My bedroom. <laughs> fire links come in. Them time their cable I run, we have a chip cable box, a be a football I run. Filings was talking to me, but watching yeah. the football like that. So Shani, where where I gotta do for me then? I go, yeah. give me what you have. You know, I have the cape in them and all of them. He's watching the football and I'm orchestrating some dirty sitting them for him. I think I think he's got a cape on the yeah. Jay-Z. Um, rhythm that was clapping up New York that time. I dun, 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 yes, 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 bam, yes. Bam. I know, so I did give Rodigan a piece of that as well. Got Rodigan a baby sham and Bonte Panda and Migi Rodigan mm. the mix there, brother. I had when no links start clap them, but what links did because links got the warning in it, like links was told, yo. Make sure she only get the big up, you know, because imagine now give him the big up, you know, <laughs> brother. Mm-hmm. By the time Mataran come back to England, and then something else happened that really burned my heart. Okay. There was an Adonai cassette that I heard. Yes. And Adonai started off mm-hmm. by saying, well, we just come out of the studio, and we just build something fresh. Jerry, Jerry. I created a Jerry Springer remix. I had a girl mix up in it. And the man didn't play it like it was their own, bruv. Bro, and we just is, came out of the studio, we just did that, it then. I could send you the audio for that. I can send you the audio and then I can send you the files on the computer that yeah. I built it. It burned me. And this is what we had got upset with Mataran for because at the time, because he was so close to Kareem and Renaissance, yes, they got the big up for all those mixes. That's what I was just about to ask you. You know, I was just about to ask. I said, so, okay, so you and Kareem were running the show at the same time because to me, all of those fully loaded times, what mm-hmm. I heard, it was Kareem. DJ I'm not going to take away DJ nothing from what Kareem mm-hmm. was doing, mm-hmm. but you can't tell me it's undeniably that certain boy, and I hate me now, 
yeah. is one of Mataran's biggest anthems. He sit down in my yard because afterwards, yeah. I see him in chimes afterwards when I'm called yeah. Gunman Alley over East London. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't wear hats. And yeah. I had a hat on. And he walked past me. And he stopped. He goes, blood clot. Surely be me and say you're vexed. Yes, I'm vexed. Yeah. Because we welcomed you into our place and you've just gone with the goods. Yeah. So boom, he come back to my yard and he sat down and he's, he said at the time, the um, uh, sizzler by the yard yes. and the hate me now kit out the yard. He said, Shani, Mama, Maji, I feel love you. Mm-hmm. When we got a Maji yard, his love and respect me get because from that, mm-hmm. me and Mataran have become best of friends. Like Mataran is like my bigger brother. Okay. Real talk. He's yeah. his sister's his sister lives in the UK. Her name is Little Love. Yeah. And I'm a child's godfather. Like crazy. The that's TLA crazy. family. That that's yeah. my like me and Maggi is so so tight because yeah. a lot of people would say, Oh, Maggi's not genuine, he's this, that, the other rare tete. Never, ever, 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 ever show me no. F- I don't cook no next man's beef, I cook my one apart. And you I can understand. only ever say that Tony Mataran has shown me uncut love. So then when I started to go to Jamaica with one extra, like, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm my boy, this, you know, I stand up in a stone love and yeah. see him do all of that. So that's the kind of long-winded way of telling you my history of yeah. how, I, how I started out, especially cool. like in the streets yeah. to make my name. My name was built off of doing remixes, doing radio adverts, mm-hmm. doing flyers. You ask anybody in the UK, yeah, that's a shiny beating there. I had no clue. Again, I'm just here thinking, yeah, okay, yeah, you're, you're, you're hip-hop DJ, started mm. hip-hop, went to BBC, now you're doing all these things. I had no clue about that. The chunk right there that was missing with all the remixes and stuff. But mm. the minute you said Radagon, it brought everything back. I said, yes, I remember that name from back then. Shiny B, Shiny B. Because remember, this we're talking about, internet is just coming into play. There are no social media platforms at times, so it might be an email that you're getting, so you couldn't really share what was going on. So then you guys are over in the UK doing your thing. We're in Canada doing our thing. The only thing we're really hearing is what's coming out of the States and Jamaica. Right. One and two times you would get some UK stuff. You get the Saxon, the Coxon, mm-hmm. the Lord Gellies, the um, Love Injections, and stuff like that. But then again, as you said, you're in the streets. We didn't really realize that until I remember that running on that. And I'm almost positive that dance with Radigan and Jaro was in New York at a place in Long Island where Supercat was there too, if I remember. Do you correctly. know what? I think you may be right, but you like yeah. the history. You, you, how you yeah. remember all these things? <laughs> it defies me. It's just a cassette where we did listen and we did yeah. like, you know, like nice dance. And I remember getting the big up part of the cassette. You get me? Uh-huh. Like that is definitely, that is that was my in 100% like straight up into the millenniums. That, that, yeah. that, that, that was my thing. That was your thing. The remixes. Okay, so then now, when did you go back to the radio as a radio DJ? So it was 2001. Um, I think like the bootleg thing kind of started to play out. Everybody started to do the remixes and all the rest of it. I'd kind of milked it and all the rest of it. And it was 2001 that um, a advert for Network X came out. Okay. And it was a new radio station from the BBC a black music radio station from the BBC. And I said, I want to start my family. Yeah. This music thing is up and down. You, you get your heat for six months, then you go quiet for another six months. You can't really build a family based on yeah. that. You've got a woman inside the yard and she's cool with everything. But I think it was one Christmas. I remember I was just brought like dog. 
You and all the money I'd lent out, I'd draw it back in and all the rest of it. It was like, shit. And I remember taking five bills from her, mm-hmm. my partner at the time, and burning some CDs. I just making our money. But I was like, no, nah, you have to do better. You know what I mean? I didn't feel good as a man. No so when this opportunity came about, I was like, you know something? Let me take this opportunity and use my radio skills of interviewing, cutting, editing, um, direction, producing. Let me go in as a producer. So I filled out the application form for Network X, which is one extra. But that was the first initial name, Network X. Network X. Network X. Before it even came on air, it was called Network X. Okay. I filled out the application and everything, smashed the application. And then I got a phone call mm-hmm. from my man that is actually my, my manager today, Ray Paul. But yeah. he was one of the members of the original management team that started the station. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I'd like you to come in to do a demo because I mentioned your name to somebody yeah. and they gave me your number. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I went in, did this demo, smashed the demo. I remember going back upstairs. It was a lady called Ruby Moraine that um, did the pilot. And she came back up and looked at Ray and goes, you're going to love him. But the reason why Ray rang me mm-hmm. is because he had a conversation with Robert Ranks. Now he signed, he also he signed Robert, Robert Ranks, Ranks, who mm-hmm. was also on Choice FM at the time. Okay. And the conversation was, I, I want to sign this kid called Shawnee B, but he mm-hmm. comes from New York. Yeah. Robert <laughs> goes, New York? <laughs> he comes from White City, bruv. And then there was another DJ that they mentioned it to, Mark Ross as well. Mm-hmm. And Mark Ross is like, Sean, he's up the road. Here's his number. Take his number, phone him. So yeah. I've gone in, done this thing. Cool. Left the building. Mm-hmm. Got an interview for the producer job now. Valentine's Day. Suited yeah. and booted. I'm like, double money yeah. under them bomber. <laughs> I'm getting producer work and DJ work. I must get one of them. Of course. I've not read the, the letter properly. Yeah. I've gone back to the same building. There's about seven BBC buildings in that one area. Okay. That wasn't the building that the interview was at. Mm-hmm. I had not done. I had failed number one producer to read the information. <laughs> For I'm sure. running around, suiting and booted, Valentine's Day, ready. My Valentine's meal, ready to go back. Celebration meal, prawns and shrimps and all these things. <laughs> Bro, I didn't get there. I didn't do the interview. I got there an mm-hmm. hour late. Couldn't get in to do the interview. But around eight o'clock in the evening, Ray Paul rang me and goes, don't worry about the interview. You've got a radio show. And that was the start of the radio show. And the radio show, the first ever radio show that I did on the BBC was called The Mix Lab. And The Mix Lab was a, a cross of dancehall, hip-hop, R&B. Okay. Exactly what I was. So yeah. for about three years, mm-hmm. I did this radio show. And there and I was that, Was that prime time, night time? What kind of time was that? It was that Sunday. It was a Sunday. Sunday, we used to call it Super Sundays. So it was like a Sunday that wasn't a regular black radio kind of Sunday. And we Got purposely you. made it like that. So rather than being real groove revival, slow jams, this, that, the other, it was up front banging in your face. So it was yeah. myself, Ras Kwame, who's now on Capital Extra, okay. and um, Heartless Crew. We had a sweep of shows that continued like for so many years. And it was just so high energy on a Sunday. The show was like, in I have to say, it was a groundbreaking show. And I remember when they wanted me to go mainstream Saturday and Sunday because my presentation style grew and grew and grew. I became a personality on the station. Mm -hmm. I remember Robo saying, Shawnee, don't let it go of that show. But in hindsight, it was good that I kind of let go of the show because 
I think that whole remix and mashup thing, it, it went from remixes to mashups. Yes. And mashups is the mainstream way of calling yeah. a remix to what a we remix, do. Yeah. Right. A mashup, so, yeah. Exactly. And that's when you start seeing the names like Major Lasers and all these kind of people popping up because fundamentally what they do and what a lot of these producers do yeah. is what myself, Renaissance, Black Chinese, all of these people were doing in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And we were merging different genres together. So when you see Bieber doing dance or mm -hmm. you see the dancehall cats now doing like Skilly Bang, might as well call like hip hop or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, Brick. Yeah. this is what we kind of created. So whenever I speak to Delano, Jazzy, uh, Super, any of them, I'm like, yo, we have to remember what we created. And even yeah. though my name wasn't one of the big names back then, yeah. I know that the seed that I sold from what I was doing and linking up with the Matarans and all of them back sure. in the day and the Rodigans and all the rest of it. And then on my radio show, because I, you got producers by the name of Chase and Status. Okay. I don't know if you know about Chase and Status. Mm. Massive drum and bass producers. They work okay. with Nicki Minaj. They're like proper UK dance music producers. I right. took them to Jamaica two years ago to go and record an album called Return to Jungle. Okay. And what is incredible, they took um, a K-Putton record called Duppy Man, um, mm. called Slew Them, and created a record called Duppy Man. And it was a massive drum and bass record. And I remember playing that on my show because my show was that show that crossbred so many different genres together. So yeah. it was easy for me to play it. And I remember them calling me as young kids. They had just started. They haven't even bust yet. They had just started. And they asked me to get Shabba for them. So then 15 years on, yeah. I've taken them back to Jamaica and they're massive producers, like crazy big names. We're chat about festival. They're more on a steer for themselves, 100,000 people. I, I fit them thing that. Yeah. So to me, to take them back to Jamaica 15 years later and get them um, Kabaka, get them Massacre, like doing work through all these kind of people, it just shows a growth of what I was doing back yeah. then, 15 years ago, to where it is now. It still matters. It's like you planted that seed 15 years 100%. ago, and to this day, you're still reaping the benefits from something you did 15 years ago without 100%. even realizing what it is that you're doing. But, you know I mean? but knowing when it was coming to a close or when it got really commercialized, like when the equipment, obviously with laptops coming in and like the equipment changing and programs like Ableton, now it's easy for everybody to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. But back then it wasn't that you just had to be creative. You also had to be so technically minded to yeah. be able to like, now you can put a song into a computer, computer and it time stretches it for you, work it out. I had a formula that was on the side of my <laughs> screen that used to tell me like 60,000 divided by rare, rare, rare. And that's how you used to work yeah. out how to time stretch a song from that length to this length. To because a lot of people don't realize it. It's math. It's all it math, math, bro. It's oh. all math. All. Uh, some producer don't know what is MIDI. Yeah. If, you, if you don't know what is MIDI, don't chat to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you ain't got MIDI cable in your yard, yeah, there were no, no discussions, no, bro. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. Let me speak not to somebody else that may know about that. You go under <laughs> your thing, pan, pan Pro Tools and Logic, yeah? yeah? But no. that's where we're coming from. So when I saw those changes, that's when I knew that as a broadcaster, mm -hmm. I really had to think about what I was going to do. And that's when I became daytime radio presenter so i just I, for about three four years okay. i just played what the station wanted me to play use my personality on air people mm -hmm. used to love my personality and the things i used to do but yeah. but one thing that never ever left me muscle mm -hmm. was my jamaicanness 
was my Caribbeanness, was my culture. Yeah. Never ever any time walking, walking with my culture. So I'm a man that was able to cut my house and garage show. I, I used to do a hip hop show on one extra for about eight months. Yeah. When Charlie Sloth, okay. I don't know if you know yeah. about Charlie oh, Sloth, right? Big, big, big Charlie. Right. So uh-huh. I came off air for about a year. And when I came back on air, mm-hmm. I was doing Charlie Sloth's show, the hip hop show. Didn't know that. So my knowledge of hip hop and all that, I was able to do all of that. Mm-hmm. But then it got to a point where, what is it that you want to do? You've gone from being this little juggling machine, remixing yeah. machine, this, that, the other. You've got to find a focus. And when I lost my show on One Extra, I lost my show when a new boss came in and he made massive changes. By doing the daytime radio, mm-hmm. a part of me is like I gave away my soul. Because, Why would you say that? Because that's when, even with the remixes and everything, and being an all-genre all DJ, and even to mm-hmm. this day, I'm an all-genre DJ. Dancehall is the forefront, but I'm an yeah. all-genre DJ at heart. Mm-hmm. Even with all that love, mm-hmm. I felt a part of me was giving into the system. God. And at God. that time, dubstep mm-hmm. was becoming a yeah. big thing. Yes. And because dubstep had that roots reggae vibe, a little part of me was like, yo, you know, so you could do this. And mm-hmm. a lot of my remixes and whatever that I was doing on air at the time laid into that kind of field. So it's like, like I was looking at what Major Laser them is doing. Yeah. Can I get on that stage playing them kind of sounds there? Can I be a dancehall selector playing that music with a dancehall energy? And that's kind of what I saw. But then when they bust my throat, the wickedest thing for a DJ, DJ is to go home by yourself. Mm-hmm. When you feel <laughs> that nobody don't love you. Listen. Like, that is the hardest thing. And a radio DJ... It's mm-hmm. like, I need my people. Mm-hmm. So I sat down at home. It was a hard time, bruv. Like, when I mean hard, I sat down. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. I go, you know what? I'm going back to my love. Yeah. I'm going back to the streets. I wouldn't even say I'm going back to reggae. I'm just going back to being the guy from the hood. Yeah. Because the hood made me. Nobody can break me. Only the hood can break me. The hood said, Shuni, you are a certified legend amongst us. We love where you do. So let me just go back to the streets. Yeah. So one of the things that I did was start my birthday party. Okay. And I never saw nobody from my radio station come there. And that spoke volumes to me. You know, okay, this volumes. is the, the streets is what made me. The streets is yeah. where I belong. And this is who embraces me 110%. When you see 500 people inside a room and there's mm-hmm. five people from your radio station. Yo, I've DJed for other DJs' birthday parties. Yeah. Weddings. I'll start. Nobody turned up to my birthday party. I was like, okay. Because cool. you were a different, remember, I, I guess everybody else in the station came from probably a corporate background or wherever else they're coming yeah, from. Yeah, just like different walks of life. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the most, to this day, I would always say I'm the most street guy that's up there. There was a lot more street guys back in the day, but yeah. right now, from that old, old principle and moral stages of street, mm-hmm. that's where me come from. I mean, I'm mid 40s, so. Okay. I'm cut of a different cloth. You get what I'm you saying? Like we're, we're different. So when I saw that, it was like about four or five people in there. And in front of them, I said, you know, I yes, saw my thing there. In the blood clot streets. Yeah. And everyone looking at me, I said, no, real talk. Because you yeah. know what? Without Uno, I was drunk, of course. And my yeah. mind was loose. <laughs> I meant it. Yeah. And then I started to produce again. Okay. And I, and I said, you know what? Let me produce. 
But you know what? Look, oh God, I'm gonna I'm jump. In 2002, I, I started my label, Big League Productions. So this is, so Brookwood is actually your second label then? Big League was always like my main thing. Even to this day, yeah. Brookout is a label, but Big League is my production. So you get what right, I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my first rhythm in 2003 was a rhythm called a Spanish Fly. Who was on the rhythm there? I had Cartel on it, Sizzler on it, TOK on it. But I had a massive UK hit by a kid called Tubby T. Ready, she ready. Mammoth over in the UK. So I released about four rhythms. Yeah. And then we start the reggae again now. So really, this this is all pre before I'm, which part I'm going to now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hop skipping because I, t- I tell you, no muscle, there's a it's lot life. going on. It's life, bro. Um, and the reason why I started producing, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. so everybody hold the thought about when I came off air. Yeah. Going. <laughs> We're going to get back there just now. How I started producing is when I went to Sweden. Mm-hmm. And when I see the white you them over there, a so voice in Vegas and all of them, I'm like, pussy, we are do? No. <laughs> <laughs> the man, they don't come which far you come from. I was going to Jamaica the next day. Mm-hmm. I went to Jamaica okay. with 10 bags in my pocket. I said, yo, read him off of Vice. Bridget had a rhythm. And this was in the midst of when I was doing all the remixes anyway. So some of these remixes, some, some of them, we took the rhythms and gone Bill Juggling's pun. So this was my uh, first yeah. juggling and boom, Tubby T, Runaway, Smash Record, Ready, She Ready, go online, check it out. A-listed on one extra, signed by Virgin. It, it nearly made me and Tubby pass, um, fall out of friendship. You know what I'm saying? Music does that to you. Oh, and some of us say, R.I.P. going out to Tubby T. But okay, then with the so label... Before, before we even move from there, the craziest thing is that you said on the label, on the rhythm, had Tubby T, Sizzler, yeah. Vibes Cartel, yeah. T.O.K., mm-hmm. who else was on mm-hmm. it? Um, blah, 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 blah. Uh, T.O.K., Beanie Man, Anthony B., uh, Kananga. It was about 10 cuts that voice on the rhythm. Okay, I remember. Okay, I'm, I could only speak but there was from two Spanish, There was two Spanish flies. Yeah. There was, there was one that got released out on Greensleeve's label. Yes. That was some engineers from around our Big Yard studio. Got you. There was two Spanish flies. All right. But my one, Manata and Alive, me have the hit record, yeah. definitely in the UK. Okay. So then this is what I'm saying. You have all of these Jamaican top acts, okay? Mm-hmm. Where's Toby T from? He's from the UK. He's and it was UK. purposely, purposely done like that. Because one of the things, as a youth growing up in record shops, mm-hmm. there's a biasness when it comes to music that comes from the UK. Right. Our, there was, not now, mm-hmm. we've mm-hmm. beaten that, but there was a biasness. So even as a youth buying hip hop, when you buy an import record, you'll have to break the seal on the record. Mm-hmm. So in your head, it's like a it's like a little ment- it's like a trick, like raw. Mm-hmm. If you bust the seal, it comes from America. It must be good. Right. Like back in the day, selectors don't want to play a 12-inch. After they pan a seven-inch. Of, of course, a 45. Right? Of course. Mm-hmm. So my thing was this: if I'm gonna do this music and do it properly. Then I want a trick on a bomb, bomb. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. the trick worked. Yeah. They got muscle. I promise you. Let me tell you why the trick worked. I'm driving to Chimes one night, you know, yeah. Soka versus Bashman, and Silver Star Sound call me. I'm saying, okay. Blood Clot, your boss, yeah. Chris Goldfinger, play your rhythm on Radio One. You, you don't really hear UK rhythms on yeah. Radio One. Okay. But because there was a killer on it, there was a cartel on it. 
it's easy for him for slipping out of juggling because you're giving them what I'm a DJ, so I understand the biasness. So you have to use the Sykes. So the Sykes was, of course, when I voiced the Tabby T, I knew it was the biggest song in the reading. I called my brethren in Jamaica and said, Yo, I'm gonna kill all your vice. Yeah, you could have vice. God, you're not going around that song, yeah. And by far, the Tabby T was the biggest song on the rhythm, but we use Sykes. And yeah, I think this music thing is, especially now with social media and all the rest of it, it's clickbait, innit? So of course like it's I, all, right, all Sykes. Probably in the headline of this is going to say, surely yeah. be Rodigan. Yeah. When I say Rodigan, Tony Matarad, that is a clickbait. It's the same way we're selling records. You yeah, have to give the people them, especially for jugglings, mm. you have to have at least six of the top hitters. So I said, well, I forget six of them. Spragger Benz was on the rhythm as well. So my voice okay. all like them. Yeah, my voice all like and them. And yeah. T was the one that got them. Toby T was the one that boss out, brother. No, no, like, ready, she ready, at girl, she's a regular. That song there, boss out, dog. Crazy. Boss out the whole of England. Yeah. I would say that's like, he's got a few big songs, but I would definitely say that's in like the top three of his big songs. I got, I got, I got to, I got to go back and do some research. I don't, Probably if I hear it, I say, okay, yes, I know that song. But off the top of my right. head, it's not Let really. Let me surprise you some more then. Okay. Um, Jack Your, mm-hmm. Most High Cup Full, last track on the Most Reflections album that is on the Bob Marley rhythm, produced by Shawnee B and the Big League Productions crew. Right. Bigger and all of them. Chuck Fender, Chuck Fender, and Richie Spice. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably the like only combination on vinyl. Yeah. Chuck Spender, Rich Sunny Shining Rhythm. Mm-hmm. Sizzler, yes, yes, yes. I got to smoke up my herbs. That's all on the Sunny Shining Rhythm. If you that's go on your to, production. That's my production. The last, most I cop full. You hear the vocals them from Jack, Jack, you're in jail. You hear the background of the jail. That's my production. With not just me, my team. Yeah. I always, have, I always have to big up my team. Yeah, yeah, for I, sure. I definitely have to big up my brother, big up, because he was the one that was in Jamaica footing it in the sun. And trust me, he went yeah. through some work for them songs. Listen, set. you know like, how voicing we, we should, is one thing. Imagine yeah. voicing an uh, uh, actual song. What and this is, one, this is one of the things that I wanted to say on here. Mm-hmm. A lot of people expect me to play playing dubs, like boom, boom, boom. Bruv, I can't. Uh, if if you hear me playing dubs, I play yeah. double eight poker with you and trick you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not my thing. Okay. I, and I'm a sound man. Of course, I won't be a killer, but I know yeah. how expensive that is. But I also say to myself, everyone's doing that. Who in the UK is really pushing the production? So I thought to myself, that's that's where I hold my proud to say, yo, as a UK producer, I have yeah. this permeable, I have copper sizzler permeable. We can say rare, rare, rare. And then now we can go forward back to that place. (laughs) All right. When I was in my low, Mm -hmm. my manager came to me and goes, Morgan Heritage is coming over to the UK. Okay. And they want to lead out with some UK production or whatever. I'm going to say, you know, someone already sent a rhythm to Mojo a few years ago and he did something on it and it was cool, but I sent back the rhythm to them. Yeah. Here comes Perform and Done their first single from the Strictly Roots album. Boom. I never know that they're more on the album. The man have just loved the sound that now me and my new team has got. This is where I, I'm starting to work with a bass player called Don Chandler. Crazy Roots rhythms. I'm where you call like a Quincy Jones. 
I'm an arranger, an orchestrator, yes. an executive producer. We're drawing this man, we said, take out that, put in this. This artist has a song good. I do all, all of that and songwriting. So I'm a yeah, yeah, yeah. I would sit down. I love when I say songwriting, I would love to sit down with an artist and help produce vocals and say, What you think is the chorus? Yeah. That's the chorus right there, sir. It's a songwriting, song arrangement, just producing on a whole. That's what me love. So you would say you're like a DJ Khaled, basically. Um, no, because I'm a produce. So you actually, well, you know what? Let's rewind. Clearly, you produce too because aha. <laughs> you're not just a connector. You're a, you get your hands dirty and produce. All right, okay. I take it back. Sorry, right. I take it back. Yeah, man. yeah, no, no, no. We build rhythm. That's what yeah. we do. We build rhythm. I'm not gonna say I can't play keys, I can't yeah. do none of that, but I can't feel out and get around and do whatever I have to do. And that's yeah. coming from remixing. If you look at all the remixes from back in that day. We've all progressed to that. Delano sure. with steps rhythm and all these kind of things. Um, like super dupes Bobby Chin. Come on now, like we, we don't even have to chat about their resume. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like we've all progressed, Bobby, Bobby Condas. So mm -hmm. for me, the natural thing was for me to progress into that. So I just threw all of my time into doing production. So okay. then once Morgan Heritage get the um perform and done rhythm. We build a juggling panel rhythm. We have Anthony B panel rhythm. We have a nice juggling panel rhythm or whatever. They came back and said, Shuni, you have anything else? Yeah. So I said, Dan, where else we have another box? He come to me with this rhythm. Mm -hmm. And the rhythm, I clap, but I have horns at the beginning of it. I'm like, brother, take out everything. Just give me the horns. I said, brother, close your eyes. You're in fucking Africa. Yeah. A thousand black Africans with shields and spears, and you're marching out. It's like you're waiting the to go movement. to war. And then when the rhythm drop, <clears throat> when the man sent back the rhythm, he said, Jesus Christ, Shani, no wonder I work with you, dog. <clears throat> because he felt what I, that's all I did to that rhythm. Yeah. Me never play a bass, me never play a keys. All I did to that rhythm was that. And him says, Shani, one I of the most important things. Yeah, because it's arrangement. Go and ask Quincy Jones and them, man, they're about arrangement. Yeah. It's important. Like, that's a special art. Yeah. When we send that to Morgan Heritage, same time I'd gone to Jamaica and I'd already voiced Heska Levi on it. There was meant to be an Ibermar on it, but I never finished the song. Um, and boom. I never get to stand up in my mother's yard and Gramps call me. And says, Shani, yeah. what are you doing with this rhythm? I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. I've got a juggling. No. Yeah. This is the title track to our album. So Masara, here what we're going to do. Go on do we are do. Yeah. I will hold on to that. I will hold on to juggling. Do what you're doing with the album because you don't want to bitch out. Me, me and Mojo actually nearly fall out over it. Because okay. Mojo's like, Mojo's like, boy, you want, you want bitch out our title album yeah. cut <laughs> with a juggling like you know, the they, they wanted us they wanted like, a standalone you know real what I mean? a me and mojo yeah. mojo i'm a brother like yeah. it, it, it would nearly fall out over it you get me okay. like not crosswords but you you know when the feelings that was in it so i said don't worry yourself I'm gonna hold off on the rhythm five months go on yeah. the way i do with the album i'm in a business mm -hmm. music is timeless album come out grammy nomination shani all right now say a word i'm gonna hold off another six months Mm -hmm. Grammy win 
Shani, what me can do? My piano, me have my in my studio right now. Me have my Grammy. Me have my Grammy certificate in my studio because they win the Grammy two cuts off of my two cuts on their album from my camp. Let me ask you something. Hold on. We're going to continue this story. You say you have the certificates here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Could you grab them, please? I'll wait. What's it? I'll What's wait it? right what now. What I need to see this. <laughs> <laughs> well, right now, I asked Shani B to grab his certificates, his Grammy-winning certificates from Morgan Heritage album. He's going to show us right here on the Entertainment Report podcast. Well on that. Oh, Shani. You're lying to me, boy. <laughs> oh my goodness. That frame that costs money, boy. When the man that was what? building the frame, they're like, we've yeah. never done one of those before. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you see that? That's one of my proudest things. I remember leaving my mom's yard after my mom and my grand and everybody died and I had to move out of the yard. Mm-hmm. I remember doing a video and just putting the Grammy certificate on my windowsill where I started out and literally bawling my eyes out for about five minutes, brother. Of course. Like, even now I feel emotional to know that coming from a windowsill where the most basic drum machines was there and the most basic keyboards and to know, fuck, yeah, your neon panogrammy, like it, it, it was, it was like incredible, 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 incredible feeling. So like, yeah, for me, that, that is one of my most, that's my easily just to be able to show to somebody and to make it make sense. Yeah. That's what it is. And some would say, oh, Shani, one of the biggest songs in the world and this, that, the other. Like, yeah, whatever. It still is part of history. And I'm proud of that till I'm proud no more. So I just want to say thank you. It's a Grammy, bro. It's a Grammy. And then I got a second Moog. I got two more nominations. So Black Uhuru. You see this rhythm here? Me and my my manager was having a conversation. He was like, that Black Uhuru rhythm here, Shani. My barber's trimming me, you know, and I said to my barber, my barber, you know, yeah. <laughs> my barber is like a psychic, you know. He, he went at my lowest. He said to me, Shawnee, your life is going to change. And I remember saying to him, boy, I've already, you know, and my manager said, it sound like Black Uhuru. I watch my barber trim. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. So sitting over there was a guy called Jermaine Ford, whose okay. father is Brinsley Ford from Aswad. He actually produced another song for Tubby T that is probably just a bit bigger than my song, which is odd. But me and him is friend. His yeah. mother is married to Ducky Simpson. From Black Uhuru. And me say, rah, yo, me have a rhythm, you know. <laughs> <laughs> because Ducky say my recorder album. Mm-hmm. I've got Black Uhuru on that rhythm. I've got Black Uhuru and Agent Sasko on that rhythm. Crazy yeah. muscle. You know what that is? <laughs> Oh. Can, I, can I give you a joke? Just the ah. other day, mm-hmm. Michael Rose voice on the rhythm as well. I was going to call the rhythm the Grammy horns after it won, mm-hmm. yeah. but I thought that's going to be a little bit too boastful. You can't <laughs> but, but really and truly, that rhythm there, I the Grammy mm-hmm. rhythm. Because from your have Morgan Heritage, you win Grammy. Black Who is a Grammy uh, um, group, and mm-hmm. Michael Rose, Michael. Grammy Rose. Rose. That's a trilogy, dog. And so, yeah, that, that build back mm-hmm. the label. But the juggling only got released at the beginning of the year. Because I held back. 
because you had to wait because you said, okay, let them run the course with the album, yeah, even though you have more run. singles, but you didn't want to mix them in the single process. And then in the mix of all of that, because Black Uru took it for their album, put it on their album, their album got a Grammy nomination. So the same way I showed the respect to um, Morgan Heritage, I showed that respect to them. But then I got busy with other things because during this time now, here comes that one extra. Mm-hmm. Shawnee, what do you think about doing the dance hall show on BBC Radio One Extra? Pardon what me. Year, what year was this? This was around two. I don't want to lie, you know. Yeah. I think it was around 2012, 2013. Okay, it's when you started back on the dance hall show on One on Extra. The dance hall show on One Extra. You know something? Let me do a quick. Let me do a quick check because yeah. the reason why I could do a quick check. Because the first freestyle that I done on One Extra was with Wayne, One, Wayne Wonder and Lady Saw. And if you listen and to that... Kid? Yeah, yeah. That's the very first freestyle. Out of here. That, that is the freestyle that I d- did on my return. Bearing in mind, I've been on One Extra for 18 years yeah. this year. But on my return, as the man that's holding down Dancer, yeah. and that was a scary thing for me to do. Because... So this was 2014, actually. So six years I've been doing it. Yes. I just seen that video yesterday. Why it's a scary thing for me to do? Because Robo Ranks is Mm -hmm. a general. Robo Ranks history is deeper than you can imagine. Okay. Like you need to do one of these with Robo. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to phone him and tell him my answer. Because I don't... I don't feel that the, the UK history is documented enough. And we, we've contributed so much, bruv. Of course, because again, pre-internet, you're getting cassette sacks and cocks and a couple of stuff. So you hear, you hear some of the DJs and artists and stuff out there. Mm. But UK scene was always almost like a European scene. You guys were like the... I wouldn't even say European, the, it's just UK. UK. And UK is a massive part of it. Like, mm-hmm. probably it's only in the last parts of Wagwan now. Mm-hmm. that we ain't got that potency like before. Because you. you remember you know, Chris Goldfinger and all them, man, they're no matter potent, bro. Asha like, world. Asha world. Like, come on now. Shit, nah, they're, they're, there's a gellies. lot. We, we, I will tell you straight, hands down, mm-hmm. like the early 2000s and all that, you can't chat to UK jugglers. Yeah. We were no, the number no, no, one no. jugglers. Yeah. Got any t- anywhere we go, and we were a uh, uh, selector, and it's juggling, yeah. A problem, you know, from movie star yeah. Johnny, them um, vinyl yes, star, them the wall at them, like a pr- them a problem, you know, mm-hmm. like Splacker Venny, my brother, give yeah. man problem out on the road. But and you can ask Tony Matter around that, he would tell yeah. you that the UK for juggling, yeah, but for some reason that 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 voice never traveled, and that's one of the reasons why mm-hmm. I go so hard right now. Uh, I have to give us our respect. Listen, that's why we're sitting here right now, but <laughs> let's not skip over this God. epic, epic, epic show that you're talking about with the Wayne Wonder, Lady mm-hmm. Saw, and Frisco Kate. That right there, I think, if you said that's your first one out, mm. that went From viral. that new movement, from that new movement. Yeah. My manager looked at me and goes, yo, make sure you document visually Wagwan. I'll never forget that. He goes, if you're doing this show, make sure you document visually Wagwan. Because going back to Robbo, what Robbo has done from the mid-90s, like mm-hmm. from the early 90s, Robbo's, no, actually from the late 80s, I don't want to give him age, yeah. but from the late <laughs> 80s, yeah. some of that Robbo has been so instrumental in the scene over here. Okay. And it's, I met Robbo in a record shop 
when he, 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 he here say a fat you guy was like a lot bigger. I a seen the pictures. A fat you turn over Luton and he thought it was a brother named Crucial Robbie who used to play a sound called Suffering in Luton. I goes, no, Suffering. it was me. And he goes, what? And yeah. that's when I met Robbo. And that was, that could have been like 97, 98. But even then, Music Street Sound System, Robbo was a producer as well with music. So he like, produced like b- no big idea. UK records as well. And what he did on um, one extra, and I was part of that growth, but because yeah. I was doing left field stuff. Yeah. So when he used to go to Jamaica in the early years, I used to be there. Like for four or five years, me and we, we've been going as one extra game in Jamaica. We've yeah. been doing that from 2003. I we dock it, bruv. Got all the sound clashes yeah. from the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I think from like 2005, six upwards, yeah. one extra. And I used to do all the backstage interviews. Yes, yes. Sting, no, yep. Sting. You see that legendary clash between... This is why you have to chat to Robert. Yeah. Because I, I, and I'll be real, I'm very honest. Yeah. Robert really have that UK dancehall history more than me. Because as I said, I was a guy on the up during them times there. Right. So mm-hmm. I was a supplier. Mm-hmm. Robert used to be the ma- one of the main shooters them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brother, when Vibes Cartel and Ninja Man clash at yeah. Sting, mm-hmm. Robbo rang me from under a table. <laughs> I kid you not, laughing like, surely yeah. <laughs> you need to be here. And the bottles, you can hear. <laughs> you remember that you can hear the Magnum of bottles? Like, Sting. Mm-hmm. like literally, and he's laughing. I'm hearing the bottles smash. Wow. So that's how long one extra have been inputting into the culture. Trinidad yeah. Carnival, Miami best of the best. Arch Chin, yes. talk the truth. Arch yeah. Chin, talk the truth. Yeah. The first video on irishandchin.com. Mm-hmm. Irishandchin.com, I'm sure, launched after Chin's 10-year anniversary when he closed off the World Clash, the reset. Yes, yes. In New York. Uh-huh. And it was, I think it was Bass Odyssey and Mighty Crown in the Tune for Tune. I think I'm trying to be a historian like you know. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think, ba- I, I, and it was the same time when he had the celebrity clashes with Ninja yep. Man. Yeah, Ninja Man, Beanie right. Man, Radagan was there, Mighty Crown, when Radagan dressed up in the Elvis right. Presley. Mm-hmm. I had only played in New York in Amazura. Yeah. Yeah. I was the mixer for Radigan versus Mighty Crown, one of the return clashes. If you remember the clash that. Um, Sammy them turned around and said, oh, you bring your little helper. Yes. yes. I, was a li- I was a little helper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, I yeah, history that. No, okay. that's like, and that must have been 90, it could be 2000, 99, There was one in Amazura and one in Connecticut. They were it was back in, to back. Right. It was the Amazura one that I was at. Because yeah. I remember going, I remember telling my cousin from, um, which part of my cousin come from Long Island or one of them? Yeah. Um, far Rockaway, sorry. Yeah. And I said, yo, we're going to clash tonight with Rodigan. And he said, what? Yeah. Yeah. I goes, yeah, I'm Rodigan and Mighty Crown. I'm mixing for Rodigan. What? We're standing under the stage, man. I'm going to yeah. get pure pussy in the morning, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I not lie. What? That. I remember standing up on the stage with my brother and my brethren was like, Ross Clark, we'll make it. Yeah. So I had always wanted to go back to New York just to be a patron as yeah. danceorreggae.com used to call them, and stand up in the crowd. So I've gone there and said, right, I'm going to do some interviews and everything backstage and whatever. Mm-hmm. So Chin explicitly said in the email that I think was sent out, I think it was Flair that was dealing with it. Yes. No, vi- no videos. Pictures yeah. and yes. audio, no video. Yeah. Yeah. But I had bought a camera that you yeah. could just switch into um, video. Okay. <laughs> and I told my brother, stand up like you take picture. <laughs> 
<laughs> but a movie I make. If you go online yeah. right now, mm-hmm. that video of the world clash breakdown and everything with the backstage interviews with um, Rodigan, Ninja yeah. Man, Beanie Man, mm-hmm. all the sounds, everything is up online. I, I kid you not. Mm-hmm. Chin love chat facts, chat the truth, yeah. chat the truth, Chin. The video, that video was one of the main videos on irishandchin.com on the banner where he first started Irish When they first started. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. And let me because even give you a, a, a lot of the, a lot of the, A lot of the things, them. Mm-hmm. Chat the truth, Chin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the things, them, that yeah. they do with um, Soundchat Radio. And I'm a big fan of Soundchat Radio. Sure. Irish, I'm a sure. massive fan of Irish and Chin. I love what he's done over the years. Mm-hmm. Music. But because of the linkage with Valerie, because Valerie's yeah. son he used to be it. on One Extra. Right, her son used to be a selector on One Extra in the okay. early days, Marley. So because of that link, and then we used to record it. Mm-hmm. We used to do the pre-fight weigh-ins. We used to do the backstage interviews. We used Glad to do you. all of that. So yeah. Chin is a very sensible guy, in it. Of course, so <laughs> Chin is gonna say, hmm. Hmm. "Yeah, you know what? Hmm. You're right. You're there was right. one year that there was one year that I didn't get the opportunity to do it." Because yeah. they wanted to own their content. I can't yeah. wrong them for that. And that was the year that I was out of One Extra and I just wanted to create content. And they just did their own thing. And I can't wrong them for that. But mm-hmm. that's why I say we were so influential in many different ways. Mm-hmm. So before you got the all, all of what Irish and Chin do now, yeah. as in the, the broadcasting side of it, mm-hmm. Shawnee B, One Extra, Rubber Ranks, we were the ones that was running. Gussie as well from Silver Star, Young Lion, we were the ones that we were always documenting all that stuff from early. Okay. And you see the trick with it. Remember, it wasn't as easy to document back then either because we mm. didn't have cell phones or cameras weren't as accessible. You had to have a certain level of money to have a camera that could actually do something proper where you could continue to document on the road. So then what? that right there is very instrumental in the whole movement of what's going on right now. Well, if you're a sound man, you, mm-hmm. you always know as or as I'm talking about sound, man. Got my bill mm-hmm. sound, lift box, cut wire with my teeth, my do yeah. all that, that. <laughs> yeah. preamps and whatever. You know how to improvise. 1,000%. We use the worst equipment in the world <laughs> to make that shit sound good. So yeah. I've always utilized what I've had around me. Mm-hmm. And like the one of the myths that, and it's good to talk, one of the myths that is very important, and I'll say mm-hmm. this for myself and I'll say this for Robo. Okay. It wasn't always one extra that did for us. And it, like a lot of the times, it was us that did for ourselves. You had we, to. We have to push. Yeah. We have to push the culture. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the videos and all the rest of it that you see now, and I think mm-hmm. that that's how it becomes synonymous as such, in it? Yeah. Like doing those videos online and all the rest of it. A lot of those things that you see is me pushing and saying, this is what I like, this yeah. is what I want to do. Yeah. yeah, so then now... Going back to that same freestyle there, mm-hmm. the um, lady saw Wayne Wonder Frisco Kid. To me, that's the one that really put Shawnee B on a visual mm-hmm. outside of the UK there because that has gone viral time and time and time and time again. That was the first one, that medley that they did in the studio there. I, you know what? I have to say it's a blessing, you know, the good Lord. Mm-hmm. And I always say that, you know what? For my mother and my father and my grandmother passed away, I, I feel like I've got my angels over me. My mother and my father passed away in 2012. Okay. And they passed away like literally three months between each other. And then mm-hmm. I ended up looking after my grandmother for a good few years mm-hmm. with me and my brothers. And I feel that because of that, you know, when you just feel like, say, you're guarded and you're protected. You don't have to tell me twice. Anything you're going to do, you're going to mm-hmm. do well. Because 
going back to the beginning of that show, following on from all of what I was saying about rubble, mm-hmm. that's a serious pair of shoes to fill. And I used to sit down at home and look mm-hmm. at chat groups yeah. and people were like, oh, surely he's going to come with these little EDM dancehall style, this, that, the other. And what they didn't know is, mm-hmm. my brother came from Yard in 1985 and introduced yeah. me to Jaro. Right. Well, they never know it. They don't know all the background that me supply magic them with rare. They never knew all of that. And it was my brethren, Rudy Ranks, that look on me and goes, youth, how many years you been going Dublin on a Thursday? I goes, I've been going there since I'm 14. How old are you now? At the time, I think I was like 39. Yeah. I was, he was like, brother, shut your blood clot, man. Go and do the show. <laughs> Who can tell you, which one of them can tell you about dancer? I goes, yeah, but you're not Rudy. I'm not pure blood, innit? Because me yeah. do this over Dessa, I'm just an easy target for the Shawnee. Mm-hmm. Which one of them has the passion that you've got for this music? You, That's if you think it about it, Shawnee, you've done every part of this industry, from radio to graphic design to being a sound man to production to remixes to working in a record shop. Like, who can chat to you yeah. with all of that experience? And it's only now in a muscle that I look at my brother, them, and I was actually added to a group that's got the original sound man, them, and everything. Okay. And when I got added to the group, I said to them, thank you. Because what yeah. you lot did was like Navy SEAL training. And I realized yeah. that when I did the Budger Banton interview the other day, that I know we're that. Get, I can boy, we're to- getting <laughs> <laughs> But my point is, is that mm-hmm. when you could talk about and do something mm-hmm. without even having to think about it, because it is your DNA. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much of mm-hmm. this was my DNA. And like I go back to what I said earlier, I would do a hip hop show, a garage show, and the producers will come back and say it was an excellent show, but it was a little bit too much dancehall. I'm like, I never played no dancehall. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm a dancehall attitude. And when the, when the boss asked me, what do you want to do when you come back? I goes, you know what? If I'm going to come back, I might as well just do dancehall, innit? Because you, that's what everybody says. So... It was only the public or some of the public. And that robot had some loyal fans and to this day still does have some loyal fans that may have got a little bit, who's this false pretender coming in to do whatever. And me and Robert are like that, like we train in the gym and all the rest of it. Okay. And I wouldn't say it made it awkward, but it made it awkward because it's like they've pitted you against somebody that you've always been wing commander for. And I always saw it as that I've been wing commander for Robo when it comes to the one extra stuff as well, okay. because I never made ego come into it. I always, and still to this day, I look at him as the general. You get what I'm saying? Big so gosh. if anybody ever wanted to wonder about me and Robo, I'm not even to say that there has been a problem or whatever, but it, think about it to think, you took over from Robo, this, that, the other. Nah, yeah. I'm the general Latina. You get what I'm saying? I'm just moving on. So you yeah. would have had Rodigan, and you still got Rodigan, Daddy Ernie, Chris mm-hmm. Goldfinger, mm-hmm. Robert Ranks. And my time. And yeah. there's going to be a youth that comes after me. You get what I'm saying? So It's part of the whole, this is a cycle of entertainment and how things goes. Not because mm-hmm. Robo isn't here doesn't mean that everything he did before got erased. No, man, you know you're what? just here what? to put something on top of it. One of the things that I hate the most here is when people come up to me and say, it's all Robo Depon. I'm like, are you an idiot? And you're not mm-hmm. gone over to Robo's Mixed Cloud. Because yeah. I go over there, yeah. I have a look. <laughs> I see he's got 6,000, 7,000 listeners a week. Like, yeah, yeah, idiot. <laughs> I have a look and see what I go on. He's my friend. Plus, um, Coca-Cola, no. 
Well, Pepsi, I'll go on with, don't yeah. it? <laughs> you, know what I'm it's real. You, you, you know, go over and go and check Wizzy's numbers. I like me, I tell G. It's, it's part you of the me? deal, you know what I mean? Uh, but we are all friends at the end of yeah. the day and we push each other. Mm-hmm. So I think that energy really pushed me and I knew that stepping into that show, mm-hmm. I knew what I wanted to do mm-hmm. and how I wanted to do it. And I said to myself, Bounty and Beanie, as big as they are still, them done bus already. Yeah. Mavado and Cartel, that gun, that race, the gun left, we've done all that. What am I going to do? And you see around them times there, that's when I started linking, I really started linking with Governor and Massacre and them kind of artists there in 2011, 2012. From back that, then? Yeah, from back, I, I, I voiced Governor and Massacre from back then. Wow. Yeah. Governor's on a rhythm called uh, Hudson Horns. Mm-hmm. I've actually got two cuts from Governor, yeah. I think, and Massacre's gone on a rhythm called uh, The Heartbeat that I dropped in, like, 2013. That was in, like, my this. dark space of, like, parents passing and everything. So you were more... So you are doing Governor before, if a lot of people don't know, was Diablo. So you were working with him I was Diablo. Working. The governor rang me and goes, Shoney. Yeah. Sorry, Diablo rang me and goes, Shoney, I'm thinking of changing my name to Governor. What do you think? And you want to know right. God's on the street? Mm-hmm. Like... Working with Governor was genuine because you have crazy talent. Yeah. But it was also a way of me getting into link with Idonia and them as well. You mm. get what I'm saying? But the win-win for all parties involved. But but I'll be honest with you, I just got so involved with massive um governor as an artist. It was like, mm. yo, are you chabat, you know? Yeah. And I did work with him because I thought it was bad because I I loved the whole of um, Fort Jenna, J-O-P. I think all of them have talented. Mm-hmm. Jade's, Tanzo, the wall yeah. of them talented. You get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. even my first set of freestyles when I went to Jamaica, if you think about the Idonia freestyle in Big Yard, Governor is in there. Yeah. I That was meant to be mm-hmm. Idonia introducing J-O-P. Because I had got J-O-P to mm-hmm. do a freestyle on a hip hop record from Krypton Conan in 2012. Krypton Conan are massive now over here. Yeah. Like all this is up online to be documented. So it was all about cultivating of new artists and new mm-hmm. talent and watching their growth. Mm-hmm. Me and Massacre actually fell out because I'd sent Massacre a rhythm and him saying, what a 250 promotion and whatever. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Massacre weren't a name or nothing like that. But I believe in you work a gear thing. Yeah, sure. 250, it's not even a biggie. They want to do a thing. I sent him the money. I waited yeah. about eight months for the song, brother. To the point I was like, yo, know what you're doing, you know, big man. Them yeah. kind of argument there. <laughs> 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 like, literally. No, I tell like, you had to take off your radio hat and go back to your street. Nah, 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 it wasn't even a street, street thing. It was just like, mm. As an artist, mm. if you know what you're doing, you know, because you're going to buck up on me, uh, uh, with me along to, in the journey, journey somewhere, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was like, oh, my engineer, Razzy, in the deadbolt, rare, 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 this, that, the other. Lo and behold, he was talking the truth because Razzy yeah. did come to me and say, Shani, I was in foreign. And this is after we became friendly and all the rest of it. But the first yeah. time I went to Jamaica, yeah. I walked past Massacre, brother. Not in a lie. The first time I got to Jamaica, I don't think he knew it was me. I was yeah. like, nah, I'm in a depot on that. You yeah. get what I'm saying? And then once we met back the link and I got the song and it was like, okay, cool. And remember, it wasn't a case of, I, I would always play an artist's music irregardless of the personal situation that I have with mm-hmm. 
Because one of the things that I will turn around and say, when I look at all I've got, when I look at my journey in life, when I look at the things that I get to do, when I look at the people that I rub shoulders with, yeah. if it wasn't for music, I wouldn't have none of that. So the at game all. that I don't play is, I don't put music in the middle of that. Music is not in the politics of that. If can yeah. I get along with you, cool. Come and perform, brother. Yeah. Because you don't even know why you was blessed to sing that song. You was all to sing that song to touch somebody. So who am I to make politics come into the mix of it to mash up that that natural mystics of life? You yeah. get what I'm saying? So I've never and the, <laughs> muscle. There's been yeah. some artists that because understand because music is something we're gonna get to that. Music is something that it's more like a, a spirit because this is what I even tell people. I'm not even going to call certain names, but this is what I'm going to say. Certain artists, what they were doing 10 years ago, once their voice change, their, their vibe change, that spirit that they had before completely left them. They can't even speak those words that used to come out of their mouth, how they used to flow out. The spirit's gone, bro. But, but muscle, I can't mm -hmm. be bad mind. No way. Like when I mean I physically can't be bad mind. Yeah. Because my conscience beats me. You get you. I and and I've done things like everybody, they could scam here. My conscience murders me, dog. Yeah. I've tried to do a thing and put a thing punt up. Right. <laughs> I'm always That's the one. Not you. I'm always the one to get fucked. Mm -hmm. I'm it's always the one for, 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 for boss. So rather than mm -hmm. do that, we just live a clean, wholesome life. And all of the freestyles that people have seen over the years is natural. I Eka Mouse. Eka Mouse Borobanton. Yes. Um, who else was there? Peter Metro. Four of them. Peter Metro. Look, I can't remember. Eka Mouse Borobanton, Peter Courtney Metro. Melody. No, no, no. That was the last one. That was um, the last? Why, why can't I remember? Major Macro. <laughs> Peter Metro, Major yeah. Macro. Bura Banta. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Bura. You see that freestyle yeah. there, yeah? Mm -hmm. Wasn't planned. I plan out some of the trip. And we call people, rough cut band. We want to go over here, do this, that, the other, boom, 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 all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. But that one wasn't planned. The Tuesday, yeah. I was playing with Stone Love in... Is it? I can't remember. It's where the amphitheater is in um, Halfway Tree. I don't think it's um, Emancipation Park. I can't remember the name of the park, but it's right in the middle of Halfway Tree. I think I know where you're talking. I can't remember it, now. Leroy Sibyls, Half Pint, everybody was playing. It was a Black History Month thing, reggae, reggae month thing. Mm -hmm. And um, Roddy Gun Play, doing thing. Toddler T, who was from BBC, he played, mm -hmm. did his thing. And mm -hmm. my time for player. I was extra bossy with it. <laughs> Yard with there. Yeah. So when I turn on the flames, you know, I'm going to say, which part were the halfway tree? Yeah. Which part of the bus terminus there? Which part of all I sent Andrew people, them come out the hills, my hills? Ah, there's other players bus. You see, when I'm playing Delray Wilson, John Holt, because we were allowed to play anything yeah. before, after 1981. I said, okay. that's easy. I love rubber dub. And yeah. them sitting there, grow, I'm an English selector, a revival yeah, yeah. we grew up on. So I'm a lot singers, of, singers, uh, singers. Is your 
I beat up the place. Even Billy Slaughter come to England and say, Sidayutia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he educate the people then with music that night there. I'm not play the Delroy Wilsons them that they will play. I'm playing the English ones them that still have the same flavor. Yeah. Major Macro was there. Mm-hmm. Major Macro, I put on some skank. Well, I know Macro from before. Okay. I'm say, Macro, on Friday, I'm doing a session over a big yard. Come link me. So my brother in Winchy now, him live a jungle. Him live next door to e-commerce. He always tell me, Shani, if you want a dub from e-commerce, you know, say, run a little thing, boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call him the Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Remember that me and Macro chat on the Tuesday, you know, yeah. I left it because I'm running around Jamaica. I call Winji the Friday morning. I said, Winji, before you come to the session, most about, I said, yeah, man. Bring him to my studio. Shani, Cap Fair, and two Heineken. I say a word, Michi. Just do what I do. As you reach, you're nice. Yeah. I call Peter Metro. Peter Metro used to cut dubs for me back in the day. So okay. I'm advice one or two little dubs. Yeah. Shh, don't tell nobody. But yeah. Metro used to cut my dubs back in the day. The funniest thing, you know, a man mm-hmm. splice a cartel, give me, you know. I'm a set of Metro, you know, Metro is a splice cartel. Was you there? He said, no, but you, them good over Portman. I said, Metro, let me tell you why I know it's a splice cartel. Because I'm remixing another cartel on a different rhythm for a man. Yeah. And I'm listening to the vocal. And I'm like, this sound the same. There's a whistle in the background. I put the two vocals together. The whistle come up the same place. That's how I knew it was a splice cartel. I never, I, I think I played it about three times and never play it again. Yeah. <laughs> you never. never, play it again. You never. The other sound, I know still plays it. So, yeah, so the, the splice now, I knew it was a splice because there was a whistle in the other man's dub that I was fixing up for him. Mm-hmm. And it was the same song. I said, voila. And I know actually the next man, Metro used to cut for him as well. So I'm like, uh, I could never be. When I put the two of them <laughs> together on Cubase and the whistle come out the same place, my car Metro, Mr. Metro, is that splice, you know? Mr. Mm-hmm. Ask Chris Oxygen. He would tell you that Sean B knows that splice. Within three days, yeah. Metro come back and give me a cape and free. That's why I'm after big up Metro. So I'm a car yeah, yeah. Metro with my dad, Jamaica. I'm going to say, Metro, I do a freestyle thing, you know. Come forward now. So, boom. I goes, this borough here. Because he had cut three borough up for me. So I knew that him and borough was good. He said, yeah. It's a forward borough. Little did I know, Rodigan had already invited borough to Big Yard. Because all of us was there doing our shows. Got you. Four o'clock come. Mm-hmm. Mackerel, Metro. As we're about to start, they had a two eight eight, you know, and I'm gonna have to just do something, yeah. make them go on. I see Kamas walking in with the nuts. <laughs> I see Bora hanging around, you know. Mm-hmm. It's wet day after I sat down with Bora. Bora said, "Shani, you know, so we're gonna do the session because I'd come there to do something for Rodigan. That's yeah. why I was there." But when we see the vibes, we say, <laughs> "Yo, brother, you see when I was doing that." Mm-hmm. Muscle as there's a god in the skies. Mm-hmm. I walked away thinking, but boy, I get alkaline, I got idonia, I get demarco. All heap of freestyle I did that day. All of them was mm-hmm. all done on that one day. Okay. I never thought for a second mm-hmm. that that's the one that's gonna run away. Yeah. You know when I knew, <laughs> you know when I knew it's gonna run away. It's when yeah. I came back and I put it on in front of somebody mm-hmm. and it was leaving my yard and they stood up for 30 minutes, not knowing that it's 30 minutes long, they stood up for 30 minutes and goes, fucking hell. 
That's yeah. economics. That's all the person said, you know. Yeah. This person's not from the world of what we do. He's just okay. an ordinary f- person. He goes, fucking hell. That's e-commerce. I'm like, bomba. Now, I'm thinking to myself, I can't wait this, to show this to my brother that come yeah. up from Jamaica in 1985. When you see me mixing it up, yeah. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just thinking, my brother Mark yeah. is going to yeah. be so blood clot proud of me. Like, yes, my young yeah. brother. Yeah. Yes, you realise. That's all I'm thinking, you know, muscle. Mm-hmm. Brother. That video is at 3 million views. And can what? I tell you, 3 million is like 2.8 million views. And can I tell you, mm-hmm. I've had people come up to me and tell me, mm-hmm. say, Shani, that's like a university. I sit down with my child and I show him that and show him what it's meant to be like. And this is one of the things that I like to use with the BBC platform is to make sure that it's documented properly. Guys, that's one thing we is. know about the BBC mm-hmm. is of quality. And not to say we can't do quality for ourselves, mm-hmm. but long before we was doing quality, BBC was doing quality. It's yeah. quality control. Sure. And I'm, this is bigger than me. This is bigger than you. This is our children's legacy, their yeah, heritage. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And when I say our children, mm-hmm. I talk about black people as well. You get what I'm saying? And to know that this music is being appropriated mm-hmm. and... There's so many, there's so many people that is telling the story of this music. But are they telling the story about the music in the right way? If nobody like, and I'm not looking for props here, yeah. but if I wasn't doing that, how many people would have drew for them kind of old artists there? That's true. Time it was time, place, and energy. Just everything just happened. The stars just happened to connect. They all connected. You see, you see the following one with jammies. The following year. With Beanie Man. Lieutenant Stitchy. Lieutenant Stitchy. Jammies himself was in Bonnie the Bonnie General, who never get a look in. Jammies was there. Bruv, Jammies was mixing blood. I see. Let me Beanie Man was, try, was trying was to... Mixing <laughs> Beanie Man was trying to control the board, and Jammies had to keep nudging. So now, man, yeah, about. on the board and mix. All right. So I left from a Big Yard session, 12 till 6. We packed up at Big Yard. Mm-hmm. Went over to Waterhouse. When we reach out to Waterhouse, the mm-hmm. first thing that I'm greeted with is police driving down the road with big M16 slowly. <laughs> then the yeah. peanut man, mm-hmm. peanut arose. Yeah. You're on the ends. The first time I'm going into Jamie's, bruv. I okay. walk in there. Mm-hmm. The king is there. And he's the hospitality. Mm-hmm. Come, son. There's yeah. a picture of me and him lounging like that. <laughs> yes, my son. Sean, Sean, yeah. yes, my son. So I've gone outside now. Mm-hmm. Josie Wells and Stitchy. Josie Wells, yes. Are having a conversation about God. Mm-hmm. Josie Wells is nice, bruv. Like, nicer for the white room. <laughs> Stitchy is the Christian. They haven't seen each other for years. They was having the greatest conversation about Jesus, Christmas. Mm-hmm. Beanie Man's in the corner. In the corner. Santa Claus is false. Santa yeah. Claus. <laughs> Yo, Beanie Man drunk. You're a freak. <laughs> yeah. Beanie Man drunk. I'm standing up there like, what am I standing up in the middle of? I just whip out the mics and start, yo, start film. So we're doing an interview outside. Johnny Osborne walks out. Mm. I beg Johnny Osborne to come into the studio, bro. I beg him. I'm like, Please, <laughs> Please. Jonas, but just cut. <laughs> <laughs> Go on with God, you. 
Mm. The, the man just cut. Yeah. I, it's jammies. We was outside for about an hour and a half. Middle of the night. It's jammies. Mm-hmm. I had to beg jammies. I've got the recording on tape. I have to beg jammies. Please, jammies. Yeah. Could we drag them in? When we dragged them in, they did five minutes and put down the mic. I said, what y'all do? <laughs> if you look after the first rhythm, there's a cut. I said, no, 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 no. And a lot of people, people kind of gave Beanie Man a lot of stick for that. Yeah. But I think Beanie added to that. And the thing is, Josie Wells, let it be yes. known, Josie Wells brought him there. It was Josie okay. Wells that said, Beanie, come. Josie Wells, come. So to see the King of Mix and the yeah. uh, no. muscle. Epic. Epic. I, I had brethren that I grow with, that rang me, it was like, two men in particular, and I'll call one of their names, Tipper, yeah. Leaf, and he's got big sound system, he does all the sound systems over there, Tipper Audio. He okay. just said to me, Shawnee, what was it like? Yeah. Because you, you know, sound man have this, this connection with jammies because mm-hmm. of his sound system, because of the weight and power of his sound system, and the records were mixed yeah. for sound system, top, heavy on the BS, you have a good sound and you play a Jammies production, you know about it. The bass guy rolling, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he phoned me, he was like, he just wanted to know, what was it like? Yeah. And I, he was like, <laughs> did you touch her? What she feel like? <laughs> the mixing that's what, that's what he wanted to know. So mm-hmm. I can muscle, I could sit here and go through so many sessions that I promise you, when I walk away, I'm like, fuck, you know. And I yeah. just do that. I regularly go back to my hotel and look in the mirror and say, Sean, what did you just do? You understand. Listen, you get it 1000%. And especially somebody like you that's been doing it now for years and years, mm-hmm. you still don't, you still have that high. You still get that. That's what it is. You're a fan before. A fan. This is, I'm a fan before I'm a, I'm a journalist. I'm a fan before I'm a podcaster. I'm a fan of this before I even mm-hmm. knew what this really was. And Your that's passion. what makes you do this every week. Nobody now appear for this. No way. Right. No you buy way. all your equipment and everything because you want the richness of this culture mm-hmm. to be seen. Like a lot of people say to me, Shawnee, why do you give it to BBC for? If yeah. you was to do that for yourself, mm-hmm. you'd be able to monetize all of this. Mm-hmm. Number one, mm-hmm. I don't think everybody would move as quick if it was just me by myself. And that's just Access. me being on it. Access. BBC is a great platform. Caribbean mm-hmm. people know the importance of BBC mm-hmm. just for the years of listening to BBC World Service and other platforms like that. So let's mm-hmm. keep it real. BBC is important. Mm-hmm. Also, one of the other things is, and I said this to Budgie the other day, actually, because he asked me, mm-hmm. what is the reciprocity? I didn't even know what that word flipping meant. <laughs> I knew where he was going with it. Kind of like, I goes, you know what? Yeah. It's an opportunity for somebody like, after I did the freestyle with Eka Mouse, Mm-hmm. He toured like Ross. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah. people remembered what Ikamas does. When we did this the um freestyle with Stitchy, mm-hmm. Stitchy phoned my phone and said, Thank you. I'm getting calls from all over. Just the last one that we just did the other day with Daddy Lizard and that. He yep. goes, he phoned me and goes, Shani, mm-hmm. we're on Sumfest. Thank you. Lukey D. Yeah. You see the Lukey D one? That's the last last one. Yes. That one. Yeah. That's my favorite one. Okay. All of them. Ah. Because as a young selector, Mm. my love vocals. 
You can't chat to me about playing Wayne Wonder, Sanchez, Trilla You, six. All of those, man. Watch the video. I'm me. I select the sound for singing melody, you know. Okay. He didn't know what I said. I said, yo, I need you to sing this song. Mm-hmm. And I kick myself because of one song that he didn't sing is "When I'm Feeling Blue." And oh, that's I good. That's good. Oh, it was at, it was at Trapback Studios. <laughs> me and you kids, them I talk, and him says, "Shani, mm-hmm. why you never go when I'm feeling blue?" Miss Bumbarat, yo, yo, he, yeah. new kids only make me cry in, in the yard. That day. <laughs> that's my favorite singing. Me- I, I was, I was singing melody confused. Yeah, and the reason why I did that, yeah, you know, Jamaica them said ball game. Mm-hmm. I changed the ball game. Yeah, I changed the ball game because I saw a lot of people emulating what I was doing. Okay. Finding the older artists, them trying to do the freestyles, this, that, the other. And what I, and it was, it was people that like reggae, but them like reggae for. Yeah. Not people like me and you were growing at this and certain song touched them. Yeah. Them just like what them like. But mm-hmm. they, for me, what I do on BBC, I'm going to bring forward to you what you don't know, what you like, yeah. or what you don't remember. So when I've got Trilla you singing My Love, that's taking me back to when I first heard Rory playing Stone Love, mixing five cuts and saying, I can do this. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I love those songs, because those were the songs that they were mixing. Yeah. Um, Spanner Banner, Life Goes On, Trilla You, I'll Prove It To You, all these songs. These are the songs, Muscle. Mm-hmm. These are the songs that we grow on. You understand? 1,000%. These are 1, our songs. 1,000. Those songs that we get my first rub to. Yeah, <laughs> wobbly knee rub to Sanchez and them sitting there. Yes, but I know certain people outside of our community. You see the lovers rock side of it. Mm-hmm. Eh, them like the hardcore sitting. Somebody said no, change a ball game. If you're not right. gonna do all of that, watch the worth in our singers. Mm-hmm. So I went yeah. to Jamaica that year saying I'm coming back with a singing session. I tried to right. get half pint cockatiel the wall of them. Some of them was out of the country. This that the other, but like. Some of the ideas that I got, I don't even want to talk about that. I know some people mm-hmm. will probably run in. I've taken so much from Jamaica every year. It's like what we're going to do to give back. And this year we actually did want to do like a, a charity event or something like that. But it was only because the BBC was drawing their feet like late, late. We only knew we was going to go to Jamaica in January. Yeah. I booked my flight and said, they want my Ghana. Yeah. When they ring me and tell me when you lot are coming. But my Ghana, Jamaica, I'm yeah. off of there, Jamaica in February and my time that I'm a cock. And that, that's what that's what it was, you know what I'm saying? But that that's my my aspirations for this thing here is mm-hmm. to use the platform that is there and to grow it and to not allow um irresponsible hands mm-hmm. to come and sit in the seat and to do what they think is right for this music. Yeah, because you set the bar so high that you have no choice but to follow these footsteps to continue this journey right here. There's always choice. Mm-hmm. There's always choice muscle. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, I want to set it that is so in-depth into the core and to the people that really love it. Like mm-hmm. when I got people like Shaggy and say, Shani, you got some place in the dark. Yeah. And a muscle, when my dad Jamaica, I got some place, you know. I remember we got some place with camera and mic. And more times it's just me and Wingy out upon the road. Because sometimes I wouldn't carry the BBC mm-hmm. people them certain place because... Like one year we wanted to do a freestyle with Popcorn and Popcorn's yeah. team said, cool, 
you have to come on Grand Spin. And my producer yeah. was like, oh, I've got to tell the BBC people we're going Grand Spin. Don't do that. And that's during that's during the heights of um St. James getting locked down here. And like he goes, surely I goes to like he goes, Well, if they don't want to do it at Grand Spin, you can't do it at Grand Spin, we'll ask Popcorn to do it elsewhere. I goes, Don't do that. I goes, if you go back to Popcorn and say you can't do it at Grand Spin, I guarantee you you won't hear back from them. But he wanted to do it the BBC way. And and rightfully so, he's got to do it the BBC way. But when I'm in Jamaica, I'm home. So yeah, I'm BBC and whatever. But I'm amongst my people. Yeah. If I don't trust my people, who's going to trust them? True. I have to have faith in my people, them to say, them are going to keep me safe. Mm-hmm. My ancestors, my angels are going to keep me safe. But I can't go to Jamaica and be frightened of my people. Like, it's you're, my people. You make wise choices. You know you're not going to go down a road you don't belong. But if you were invited in somewhere, you're going to put, put up your chin. Brother. I've got the call for Tivoli Gardens, bro. Yeah. And it's only because time. You think me know what I got Tiff? Of course, more I got down there, Sanchez. You want to see it? Bro, I went Tower Hill. And mm. when we got Tower Hill, a man said, Boy, Shardy. Yeah. For a man like me, I'm not meant to be down these places, you know. And you're going down a lane, you know, Michi. But you see, when I went down there, mm-hmm. them cooked food for me. Josie Wells was there. This is Friends for Real yeah. Studios. Yeah. Josie Wells was there, walked me into the yard. And I know Benji and them well from before. Mm-hmm. When I went there, it's the first time the two white youths that was with me from the BBC went to Jamaica, much less. You see, when they left there, there, oh my God, that was amazing, Shawnee. <laughs> oh my God. Authentic. And it wasn't cool. the hotel the hotel tourist thing that you're going to get. No, man. We're in the streets. In the, and they love it. So now, when I go to Jamaica... Mm-hmm. Uh, that same team when we got Jamaica, when we was there the, that year mm-hmm. um, Ding Dong um, invited us up to Nannyville um, yeah. Chicken and Beer was having a party yeah. and them said come up with this Shani so I'm going to go up this so I'm going to reach another party now I think Ghetto Bomb did see me and introduced me to um, what's cartels you sick of rhymes only yes. to was there and whatever so now Ghetto Bomb is like Shani. I don't know if you know who Ghetto Bomb is, but Ghetto Bomb is, is a street promoter. The, them you right. there is in the street. Every street dance yeah. in there. Yeah. If you want to promote a song, you got something tomorrow. I get a bomb them. Street bread of them. Him and walk and talk and all of these guys. Yeah. Uh, Ghetto Bomb is like, Shani, come. Yeah, they are the big man there. The Africa chat to thing now. Yeah. But now I'm with my brethren. About five BBC people behind me, white people in <laughs> Nannyville, walk to the center of the dance with the table them there, and the table them are some top top table with Hennessy and, and um champagne and one bag of rum and yo every man bling out. I'm a dead with dig and yeah. I got my BBC people them they like muscle. They were loving it. So me now, stand up for Eliqua, I'm tech with myself. Oh, I go on. I don't really like the hype and all that. Like, yeah. me not really do that. I'm a, yeah. I'm a selector, like, like for stand up with selector and reason with selector, away in another corner, all our mm-hmm. vibes and chill and drink sure. a beer and whatever. Brother, you see, when I step back, my people, them gone, you know. <laughs> They're in Nannyville, on the Oval, partying with gal around yeah. the back. I'm looking for them like, Fuck, where yeah. are they? 
I'm worried to them, bro. Of course. I'm have, worried. Have they took away the people that are what? Because fuck you, I go back to England and just say, what happened to Ray? What happened to Dan? Boy, I'm going to want to dance with Shorty. Shorty. I'm worried. came back. It was. Wow. When I took them to one uptown party, mm-hmm. I just said to the man, I'm saying, what are we doing here? Where's Panamax? Yeah. Where's Ray, Ray, Ray? They don't, they didn't want to, they wanted to go in the streets. So that's what we try, what mm-hmm. I try to bring back through the speakers and through the visuals every week. That beauty, that rawness yeah. of like Jamaica. Because I don't mm-hmm. think there's anywhere else in the world like mm-hmm. Jamaica. And if you've never mm-hmm. experienced the Kingston nightlife, mm-hmm. like of recent, mm-hmm. I call it the dance of Disney World. And I, I, I knew you were going to, I knew you were going to say that. That's what Disney World, bro. Yeah. When yeah. you got man friends snow up in the air with football at his feet and this, that, the other, like, come on now. You, you have fun, like, literally. Yeah. And I go to Jamaica when I'm tired mm-hmm. and come back re-energized, full of beans. Like, yeah. it's just such a beautiful place to be. There's no place like Jamaica. I've traveled a lot and there's no place on earth that gives you that same vibe mm-hmm. like Jamaica. Other places look like Jamaica, you know, mm-hmm. but when it comes to the food, the vibe, the the air that you're breathing in, everything. There's no place on planet Earth that gives you that vibe there. When them said Jamaica nice, it's not a joke. Yeah, Jamaica no, nice, great, and, and great, the wickedest great, thing great. is, what has happened of late, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have to laugh. Yeah, <laughs> when people got Jamaica and then they experience Jamaica with me, yeah. it's like, fuck. <laughs> I'm coming back with you. So I've got a girl that used to book my flights or whatever. And when we was down there for the budget show and all the rest of it, mm-hmm. she come down there because she's worked for she worked for British Airways, and she come down and I met her at the airport and drive her into town and whatever. She look out for me, you know, son. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had her team, mm-hmm. and the team wanted to go to the budget show, yeah. so I'm link up the ticket them quick and fast for them, whatever. Boom, VIP the all of them, everybody nice. Then we went to. Um, one dance on a Sunday. I should come link me up at the dance. And when people like Shaggy, Gary Matalan, um, boom, boom, my biggie up on the mic. Um, who was there that night? Everybody was there that night because it was a budgie weekend. She stood up with me. Yeah. And then the police then come lock off the dance yeah. at 3 30. And when we're walking off, the police were lock off the dance there. Yeah. Oh, I'm Shani B. <laughs> this girl walked this girl walked half a mile down the road didn't say yeah. a word and she goes fucking hell bruv I ain't coming back to Jamaica by myself I have to be with you you got all access pass yeah. <laughs> I, it's, I, what, it's your your vibe your energy what you bring the whole BBC the whole Shawnee mm. B because one thing I do know is this BBC gets you to that door yeah but you gotta be you to perform and walk through that door and make them respect you I, I don't want no this analogy. I don't want no wise, but this is the way I see the analogy. Mm-hmm. The BBC is like a girl with big breasts, big mm-hmm. body, mm-hmm. clean looking, teeth white, yeah. full of style, pretty, pretty, pretty. girl. You mm-hmm. want her, mm-hmm. but when you're with her, then you realize that girl has substance. She can wash, she can ah. cook, she know the culture, she look out for the things. That's where. I get involved because gotcha. once you see the substance behind Wagwan, mm-hmm. I would hope that people, I would well, actually, I hope mm-hmm. people see that substance behind Wagwan. That the BBC is a draw, 
And then once you link with me, it's like, rah, that's why I have this connection with mm-hmm. all these people because they genuinely see, I would hope they genuinely see the love that I've got for this thing. I'm not saying that I'm the only one with the no. love and all the rest of it, but my drive and my passion, I suppose, just comes through a little bit more than others. And that's a hundred, one thousand percent true. Let's get to, I want to ask you about your three top interviews. I know one already because you brought that up multiple times. We're talking about the Bojo interview that just dropped probably two months ago, a month ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, um, let's get into that one there. All right, so the Bojo. Yeah. The budget interview, why it's a top interview, for me, it's, it marks, it marks for me my rise. I wouldn't have got that unless, unless of the work that I put in. Got you. And it's, it's not a win just for me, it's a win for this team here, Broke out. Because, as I said, my producer, my, my, my manager used to be, one of the management team up at One Extra. And then he left about 12, 13 years ago. And then he started up his company called PMG. And then he started to manage me. And then we started our company called Brockout. And that's where the Brockout team comes in. That that piece of work was produced by my manager for PMG. Okay. And and it wasn't, he never produced it because it's me and I get to talk. Nah, it's on merit. So with the Buju stuff, what a lot of people don't realize is that I went to Jamaica last year for the Budgie Show. Yeah. And everything that I did in Jamaica last year for the Budgie Show, the interviews that you see backstage and whatever, BBC had nothing to do with that. Okay. BBC did not send me to Jamaica. I had just come back from Jamaica in February. I went yeah. back down in March. Yeah. Flights were expensive. Hotels were expensive. Mm-hmm. I think it's the first I ever call up a hotel and say, yo, Ashani be trying to take But I'll tell her like, because yeah. yeah. they were, everywhere mm-hmm. I did book out, mm-hmm. like grands we spent to go down there. And the reason why we went down there is because we thought it was important for One black hour. media to have a control over what is said and done regarding Buju and how it's presented, especially in the UK. Because you would have many different publications that are going to write and say, he did when he was 19. He went to Jerry, this, that, the other. And we know that. But Muscle, how much of your brethren do you know that did all kind of fuckery and did, did young anyway? And they're big people now. Change. And they're big people now. But you have to get over that sometimes. But you know that these people are going to start off with that. Mm-hmm. We ain't going to start off with that when we do our piece. Of course, we're going to show balance, but we're not going to just talk about that because we, as Brockout and Shawnee B, want to add fair editorial when it comes to our music. And too many times it's written, because I also write for the voice column in the UK as well. Okay. And which is important. And I'm not the greatest writer in the world, but I'm going to try, I'm going to do my thing because it's important that we document this thing on so many different levels, because some people won't watch, they only read. True. So how are you going to connect with those people? And if the person that's writing those um, columns is biased, not quite understanding, I know a lot of it is to do is understanding. When you come from a culture like ours, you know, we are a certain way because of certain things. And that's just what it is. Point blank. None of, like muscle, as black people, you know, None of us is better than the next man, you know. No way. 
No, no way. way. Cause you know what? We all come from the same frigging struggle. Wow. Your ancestors then would have to go the same shit that my ancestors went through. And somewhere along the lines, that comes out in our fucking DNA, bro. And then that's why if, if we were to sit down and say, as kids, this is what happened in my household, okay? And you turn around and say, what happened in your household? You know it would be the exact same thing? Right. And that's the why exact I... exact same thing? But that rhetoric, that mo that, that those words never, ever come out sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so all that... All that you hear about our culture is heavy bass lines, jerk chicken, gal wine, and this, that, the other written. Ah, there's, there's so more. much more, there's brother. More. You get what I'm there's saying? Draw the trolley from uh, on Friday night or Saturday morning for your mother when you go shopping. You get them sitting there, dog. <laughs> All I would do them sitting there, dog. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> Come on now. Like, there's, there's certain things in our culture, and that's why I go so hard. And my manager on a regular basis looks at me and goes, if you ain't if you ain't gonna do it, who else yeah. is gonna do it? True. If you ain't you have got a position, Shorty, what are you mm. gonna do with that? So we said we're gonna position ourselves with a budget thing. And that's why we went to Jamaica and we did it genuinely out of our heart. And I wanted to bring back that story to people. Um eventually one extra did jump on it, but mm. they jumped on it when I was in Jamaica. Got and real real talk, like you want real talk, muscle, real talk. Yeah. Certain things I'm not even meant to put up on my site because of contractual agreements. Because yeah. BBC, to a certain extent, they hold my intellectual property. Uh, intellectual property. But mm. I looked at my manager. I goes, "Bruv, this is one of the biggest moments in reggae history." I mean, I'm, I'm I'm literally packing my suitcase. I'm like, "Hear what it is. Mm. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do." But don't take it for granted. I'm just gonna bring it back on BBC, just like that. Kiawa, just like mm. that. <laughs> And I know that you guys invest heavily and everything like that, but it's important that we just don't capture what you want to capture. It's important to capture what the culture needs as well. A rounded view of everything. So boom, we did that and they backed me and they supported me. So thumbs up to one extra for that. Broadcasted it on the BBC. And again, that program was fully edited, recorded by us, two hour special program, all the rest of it. So now comes... Um, would you, would you, we're at the end of the year and we know that album is getting prepared for and we know that no interviews has happened. Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. We called a meeting with Rock Nation. Okay. Me and my partner called a meeting with Rock Nation. And because we're in with the record companies and all the rest of it, we know one or two people. So somebody, the, the, the president of Ireland, Darkest Bees, mm -hmm. I know him from when I was doing remixes back in the day for Ireland and Ali G was on Island. Okay. I did a I did a group called Sugar Babes and end up doing mobiles with Sugar Babes. And that was actually Darkest's project. So we got links within the labels, people that I've known over the years. Right. Brother. So boom. Um, we link up with the people them in Miami. We had a meeting with a young lady. I'm not gonna them, but they know who they are, and I'm okay. ever, ever grateful for them. And we told her what we wanted to do. And we told her what we wanted to do from the heart to say that it's important for Buju that people like us are involved. Mm -hmm. Hear what I'm saying to you? Yeah. I'm Liko Shawnee B. There's Ebro. There's Breakfast Club. You have to remember, this is Rock Nation, you know, brother. There's all these people. Remember, Ebro get the interview, you know. Even if you said one extra, there's yeah. Rodigan. There's so many contenders that I can get this interview. Who am I? 
Brother, that does freestyles and whatever. Good on you. Well done, Shuni. Yeah. Whatever. But this is a different league there. This is brother. different league. And I always sat there and thought, nah, I'm not get that. My barber said to me, yeah, get that, you know. Big up your barber again. I always hear you talk about your barber. Kirky, Kirky, Kirky. Big him up. Brother, mm-hmm. one day I get a phone call one night. Mm-hmm. I actually got a message and I got a phone call. Then a jabber called me. And I said, the boss won't chat to him. I said, what oh, a boss? But a fool cop. I said, Bombarious. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the conversation was all had and all the rest of it. And they asked mm-hmm. us, what is it you want to do? And I goes, you know what? Speak to my people, them, this, that, the other. But the side of the interview, mm-hmm. this is where radio comes into it. Mm-hmm. Remember now, my manager is a radio man. He says, Shani, mm-hmm. what I want you to do is listen to every single Budja Bantani album. Yeah. What? All of them. I don't care if you've heard them before and you think you know them, listen to them. When you're running in the gym, listen to them. When you're driving, listen to them. I want you to be so prepared for this interview. I want you to go and watch Hard Talk, which is some programs on BBC. Like, this man, Ray Paul, like, I can definitely give him all the accolades for the second part of my career. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's like my big brother, like, He's not my manager. I've never been my boss. If I was shit, I was yeah. shit. Just the other day, he told me something. It was horrible. It can't yeah. be. Turn a He's solid. He tells you. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep the night, dog. And before I sleep five o'clock, I was like, he said, it's horrible. <laughs> I told him in the morning, like, he said it was horrible. <laughs> like, you've never used those words to me before, brother. Like, horrible? Horrible. Not yeah, yeah, okay. it was, it was, it was horrible. horrible. Yeah. I was like, rah. But he's like, Shawnee, I want you prepared. So I was already in Jamaica, you know. Okay. When he arrived and I got back to the hotel in the night, when I got back to the hotel in the night, they go, excuse me, there's a package here. Yeah. A4 sheets printed out. Bio, budgie, this, that, the other. Rare, rare, rare. I was like, this brother's on me. But muscle, because I always have faith in him and I trust him when it comes to my radio career. I did the work. For sure. And I didn't feel that I needed to do the work, mm-hmm. but I did the work. Mm-hmm. And I think that it comes out in the interview because it's, it's little key things like this. you got to know, mm-hmm. but you're going to have to know how to express it and tell it. And you've got to say it confidently. You get what I'm saying? And for me, that was probably one of the most, like some people asked me if I was nervous. I was like, no, nah, what you're seeing there is focus. What you're yeah. seeing there is me changing up my game slowing down what I do because sometimes I get excited I'm going to talk I'm going to start stuttering no 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 no. slow down what I do I've got to feel and Budu came at me and I've only had an interview like that once before let's talk about that when we're done with okay you know speak about it it was an interview I did with Chuck D from Public Enemy because I was a fan I I went in and rare rare and he ripped me apart bruv but then when he ripped me apart, Flavor Flavor was there like, man, leave Shawnee alone, man. Yeah. <laughs> and Professor, <laughs> Professor Griff was there. Do you know what I did? Yeah. Just rip up the paper and say, well, I know. Yeah. We could just do what we're doing. Yeah. But that taught me always be thoroughly prepared. So when, when you've come across Chuck D and he's yeah. punched you in your face and you're dizzy, you're like, fucking hell. And I, I, I've, I've come back and held it down. Dame Dash, same thing. Dame Dash, punch me in my face. 
Why are they dashing headbutt in back blood? <laughs> Uh, you know, though, once bitten, twice shy, you Brother, got the game this time. When I went to Rockefeller offices, yeah. they had me down as a man that beat up Dame Dash. <laughs> but we'll get to that in a second. So with the Buju thing, yeah. when Buju is coming back at me and I'm able to kind of defend myself, and it's not even defend yourself, have a conversation over opinions. Mm -hmm. So I don't see where some people say, boy, Buju. No, it's a conversation. And he's giving his opinion and I'm giving my opinion. I want to hear his opinion more than give my opinion because people are interested in Shorty opinion and why he Buju's opinion. So I just mm. give that stage to him. And I know that, you know, I chat about certain things and all the rest of it. So it's just, how do I get, I've got time. What do I do? Have I ever heard Buju really document how he came up and all the rest of it? So to hear him chat about being in um, the studio at Arrow's and it was yeah, fun when I was cutting dubs and all these. I know that these things is priceless to a man like you. you know that conversation. That part got me. I said, wow, right. I never, ever, ever heard him speak about that. And one thing I know as somebody that does interviews, your job is always to get, even if it's a little thing out of whoever you're, you're speaking to, that yeah, they've to never get that. revealed before. They've never said it that way. That never came up like, hmm, I never thought about. You always want that one bright spark. And that was where you got that bright spark where, all right, where I, I took him back. Yeah. And, and that was this. Yes. The only reason why I could talk about that effortlessly is because I've got all of this history behind me. I've yeah. got the seven inches. I bought them. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're here. And that is what somebody else can't do. If you never live that part of this music, like, whether it's on a sound system, whether it's in a record shop, whether you was an electronics man, I build preamps or this, that, the other. Like, if you don't know them things there, for that reason, the Buju, the Buju interview was special. And I think the most special part is, that I have to say, is that my brethren Winji, that's in Jamaica. I remember when I went to Jamaica in 2014 and was like, it's the first time I'm going to Jamaica to go and drive. Like, my next brethren is not there. Like we went from studio to studio to link this man, link that man. Some man open us with welcome arms. Some man turn us away. I remember going to go link the Marco. Them say, you can't come in, but you must stay outside. I was like, rah, that ain't going to work. Winji's like, Shawnee, who aren't you? I Jamaica this. No worry yourself. Like even I've gone to Dream Weekend and I've had my pass and I haven't been able to sort out his pass. And he would foot it outside with the igloo them on the street. He's a, road, he's a street you, you get me? A, a jungle him come from, so he's like, no. go on, do your work. So uh, if you've seen an interview with me and Idonia, Winji was outside the venue whilst I was inside doing the interview. That's okay. the love of brethren, because he's like, go and do your work. I had to beg one of the JLPU then for all the camera, dog. I never had the camera. And it was Mataran that got me my passes. That's to show you the love. And when okay. I reach in there, and the man them give me the extra pass them, the same said, don't worry, it's a magic talk, everything. Yeah, all right, whatever you want, food, drink, whatever you want, magic sort it. That's, that's what I tell you, it's like magic, I'm a virgin, you know. Like, I've lost my train of thought. Where was I going with this? We're now? talking about the special part of the bujo. Right, so the special, all right, so with Winji now, Winji were in the studio with me, you know, mm -hmm. when I was doing the interview. It was me, okay. Ray, Island, whatever. But when I came outside, Winji's under the tree like that, with a big spliff in his mouth, <laughs> burning it down with Buju's people, then my drink. I said, you know what? My happy. Because look at my brethren. I've been prying with since I'm 13. Over 30 years of friendship, bruv. And a man is comfortable. He 
in Bulldog's yard. You see when we drove out? I said, Winji, remember we used to sit on a green bin outside Hudson Close in White City? And Bulldog first sang them a drop. And you said, yeah, like this. And me said, me like this. And we argue and we had draw a tune. I goes, bruv, fucking hell. That is what, that, that for me makes it be one of my sweetest interviews ever. Just because of that. And the first place my drop at Jamaica was Ochi. And okay. Winji's cousin had a yard in Red Hills. The man was so excited that it's the first time I'm in Jamaica. I'm there with my woman at the time, you know. I want to spend five days out in Ochi, footing our sand, them sitting there. Lovey-dovey and all them sitting there. The man came for me after two days and no, I've come yeah. at home, father for them, one see you on Ray Ray, I'm one bugger sitting. Because we had the links amongst all, all them kind of people then. Like, once we touched down, every day I used to walk past Boudry's yard. That's what I was able to open up with that opening statement. It meant so much to me. It meant so much to me really? to do that interview. So on many different levels, that interview. Um, if I was to pick some others, mm -hmm. I've had some legendary ones with Damian Marley. Yes, because I know you guys are connected in a, on Eve at a different level outside of even music too. Yeah, Damien is like my bigger man film. Damien is like my little brother. Um, <laughs> but like, I'll be honest with you, the history that I've got with the Marleys, them, it goes back to school days. I went to school with Julia Marley. Okay. Julia Marley went to school. Me, That's why Julia, on the freestyle, you said this is one my special to you. Yeah, it's my school friend. Because yeah. I, I can remember the place where we stand up, one little arches going into the um building where he told people, Bob Marley's my dad. <sighs> they laughed at him. He born and grow, Labrador mm -hmm. Grove. Or that's a um the him live now. Yeah. Um I actually know Harrow Road, tell a lie, and live in our grove. Oh. Um Jazzward who is one of Monticular's original producers, mm -hmm. was in a year above me. People used to look at me, Jazzwada, and Julian like dreamers. But when we turn up in our yard and enjoy our life, we laugh, literally. Like, <laughs> like we, we made the dream that we had, we made it a reality. And I'm not laughing after people for things, but when you have people go, Shawnee B, Shawnee B, like, whatever, like, really? Look, like uh, I persevered with my dream yeah. and this is what we got out of it like blam so mm. the link with Damien is deep and One Extra was a radio partner for Welcome to Jamrock right. um, album and the tour mm -hmm. so I remember the first time playing um, Welcome to Jamrock on the radio on a 7 inch I didn't even have it on a thing but I fell in love with Damien's music from Halfway Tree yeah. and here's another crazy story Mm -hmm. The tune with Yami Bolo, mm -hmm. um, Still Searching, on yeah. that um, Halfway Tree album, mm -hmm. that's produced by a guy called um, Roland Lifeuk. I know him as Scratch Professor. He has a brother by the name of Omar. Omar is an R&B soul singer from over in the UK. I learned how to DJ in Roland's yard. I didn't know he produced that song. Bro. When he told me, like, we were youth. Roland was like, Scratch Professor was one. He, he, he won a scratching competition when he was yeah, 14, I know that 15. Name. I know that name. Like, bruv, he produced, and we, I was standing up with Julian, Jazzward, and Jermaine Ford. And when he told me that, I could have dropped to the ground. I said, that's my favorite Damian Marley song of ever. So just to know that all those links there, 
and my part, my business, well, my manager, business partner looks after yeah. Damien's business as well. Okay. So that link is a deep, 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 deep link. And we've just continued that link over the years. He's given access. We, we've had like uncut access to the family and that's myself and Rebel. You get what I'm saying? As BBC One Extra DJs over the year. Um, and the relationship has just continued to grow and grow over the years. Anytime they do a show, I would DJ at the shows. It's not even a money thing. Yeah. The man then will forward and say, Shani, you're needed. When my father died, my father died, broke my heart on the 50th anniversary of Jamaica independence around that time. Yeah. One week before it. And there was a, le- a series of shows leading up to it. And why it broke my heart is because my mum is a proud Jamaican. So she was getting ready to fly the flag for Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And I remember my dad going into hospital a few days before he passed. And I got a call to say, Damien wants you to come and host the show. And I literally had to leave from the hospital and just go and host the show. When I got there, I peer, pass, I pass, I mix up the compere who thought he was going to compare. And yeah. Danny's manager goes, listen, yeah. Shawnee's our guy. Shawnee's hosting the show. It's me, I for tap the man on the shoulder and go, hey, boy, he's our general for the UK. And like, hey, We're going to share out the thing and the tour we bring on Damien. But Damien, that's the relationship that I've got with them guys there from uh, doing their tours. And then obviously Jamrock Cruise is just like such a big thing. And I'm a big part of it. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've done it every year since it happened. Okay. Um, there's only one of them that I've missed out on. And that was the year that they had two. And I went on the first one and I never went right. back on the second one. And when the ship sailed out again, Damien looked at my manager and goes, where's Shawnee? Yeah. Shawnee gone home? <laughs> like, so the relationship that I have with Damien, but I don't take it for granted. And this is the thing, as a broadcaster, I don't like to ask over personal questions if I know. There's a way of doing it. There's a way of finessing yourself to get what you want to hear. So even with Buju, mm-hmm. like, I wasn't going to be like, so what was jail like? Yeah. <laughs> no. There's yeah. ways of going, right. So with all, not, I don't do the mix up and I interview all of them. All of the ones that are in beef with each other, men are do that. Because that's of now. Mm-hmm. I let the vloggers and the internet deal with that. Yeah. I want to do something that in 10 years time, it could be used as research. 20 years time, it's one of those, yeah, if I go up on YouTube and you see rare footage, Bob Marley, 1978. I want to be that guy. Yeah. 30 so, years from now, they're still looking at this thing that you recorded. Right. Timeless mm-hmm. pieces of um, information given. Mm-hmm. So with some of the interviews that I've done with Damien over the years, mm-hmm. I even <laughs> on a cruise two years ago, about five, six o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. Jay, Damien was nice. He was under the, he was under the Guinness. <laughs> he was nice. And anybody that for the cruise knew I said, my general, the captain get nice. Sure. <laughs> when Damien, he goes, absolutely. <laughs> when you hear that from Damien, you know, I say you're in. God. Absolutely. But Damien, five, five o'clock in the morning, up on a promenade, we're around the back. And he said, Shani, come here. Mm-hmm. You know, sir, you get some good interview with me. I said, Damien, I'm me for, shut up. <laughs> Let me talk. <laughs> you really, you know, you, you really know how to get that, that side of me, Shani. I said, Damien, thank you. Mm-hmm. Just like to anybody. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Because muscle, real talk, yeah. you're only interested in me because of the work that I've done with them. 
And yeah. if they don't give me that access to be able to show my love and my passion for what I do, there ain't going to be this. And so I say thank you to all of them. Just not the, like, we do this on a global thing. Because yeah. if you look at a young lady by the name of Alakai Harley, okay. that is doing great things, not just in the UK, but internationally. She did a run in New York last year. She got to do um, Hot 97 on the reggae tip and this, that, the other. Okay. A lot of these artists then was birthed out of this label right here and broke out when I had my label deal with Polydor Records. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that we do. And like, even for her first release, mm -hmm. I, I, I beg Shama verse. Yo, ask me to play a Sham on dub play. I couldn't do it. But I got Sham to do a verse for her. Yeah. I used up my gold for her record called Gold yeah. and got the verse because I want to be able to create something and build something like... And it's not for, I swear to, I, I, I really want people them to understand this part. Mm -hmm. Yes, more I have money like the next man, but me not rich. Mm -hmm. Yes, more I have the fame. I do this because I just love it. Mm -hmm. Nothing more, nothing less. Like, if there's anything I want people to get away from seeing me kin my teeth, mm -hmm. run up and down, it's because I love it. That is, that's the only reason why I do it. And I continue to do it because I love it. You have to understand, and that's what I tell people. I tell because over here in Toronto, I've been in the business professionally now, 24 going to 25 years. We started selling CDs, DVDs, VHS cassettes, and stuff like that. But I tell people, listen, you guys have no clue how much I love what I do. I love what I do. That's why I've been able to pivot, move around, do this, do that. I love entertainment. I love this. My family, friends, everybody live in fear. For when I come back from Jamaica, because they know, boy, <laughs> boy. And it used to be hard. Now it's got a lot better because the UK scene is now bubbling again. And there's a lot of names over here that's doing great things like Alakai Harley, like Big Z's, like IQ, like Rara. And it's a young movement. And they've allowed me to be part of that movement as well. And I say allowed me because... They could go to the next young DJ that's doing whatever. But I think because they see my passion as well, they allow me. And, and just like how I picked the young ones from Jamaica from early, mm -hmm. because my thing is music. You see, when you buy records, mm -hmm. you judge music differently. 100% instead of downloading it, you took your money out of your pocket and put it down and say, okay. It's a massive difference. So when you've bought records, you now to judge music on a different manner. Anybody getting a record right now, it's like so throwaway. I yeah. download, get in, throw it, like, whatever. But physically buying records, that's why I can't sell my records. I've never, so I've got a whole studio full of records. And this every is, now and then. Compared to what you have. Huh? This behind you is nothing compared to what you really oh, have. bruv, that's one whole rack, right, actually there. And then if I was to turn the camera that way, there's another shelf there. There's another shelf there. There's boxes of seven inches in the corner. I've got a barrel outside my studio that's got... 12 inches in there. So when yeah. I'm moving from my mother's place again, I just stuck everything in there. Like that. My older brothers all tell me to come and take my records out of their yard. Their wives and women want them out. This, that, the other. Like my younger brother, I have a stash of records somewhere. And wow. this is wow. the thing why I don't get rid of them. Because yeah. I always find a gem in there. When that boy want to read him, yeah. it's the library you have to go to. Understand. That's why I always keep... And, I, I got a story for every record. Mm -hmm. It's my life. And if I ain't got nothing else to give to my son, 
I know some can give in this. It must have about 20 grand out of this. Because there's mm-hmm. a lot of gems in there. And when you're I sold sandwiches at school muscle to buy records. You get me? You want- we, we wear one suit of clothes when bridging them a brandish and go on with a bag of things. I never got well, a certain place because I wanted to buy records. You get what I'm saying? That was always my thing. And I sacrificed so much of my life when I was younger, like eight hours a day practicing in my bedroom. So when I, when I speak to a man like Specs, mm-hmm. he's the only person that like truly as a DJ, like there's many, but because he's like a, a exact replication of me over the waters, yeah. Like when we come together, it's don't get involved with me in specs. Like, I've met, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he knows this, but it's like I've met a long lost brother. Yeah, you see, when me and specs is on the cruise together, yeah. you know, when you ever can look on a man like that, go, hey, what we're fuckery though, we're DJs. When we're making a mistake, you know, we're pussies. I understand yeah. what it is. I'm the first time I tell you. Yeah. You, you look at a man like that, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Specs will give me the eyes like, did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> but he's like my twin. That's why. And knowing what he does on the radio in America, in Canada, yeah. knowing how he prepares himself, knowing how he has this, this need of presenting himself in a certain way. thousand percent. I get him. That's like, he, I, I, I get him, get him, get him, get him, get him, get him. Let me tell you a conversation. One, one, one set thing. It's an interview I'm doing. Yeah. Give me a thing there. Give me 15 minutes because we're almost about to hit the three hours. Yeah, <laughs> will be... I told you it's going to be a long one. You can't, <laughs> can't stop me. <laughs> Listen, one thing, I was talking to Specs, the, as soon, this is about two months ago. Your name came up in conversation. And what mm-hmm. it, I don't remember what it was. It was something about a piece of equipment. And then I see you show it on Instagram. It's a black box where you push the button and it kills the speakers and all that stuff. <laughs> I, you told me about that. You know, as simple as that seems. He was the one said, yo, Shiny B has this crazy box. And he said he had it for a long time. Yeah, yeah just- boy, about seven years ago. When I lost my radio show, my thing is like, fuck you. I'm going to do my blood clot thing. Literally, it was like, I knew what was the best bits of my radio show. So I said, you know what? And I had the opportunity as well to go and stream on a station in Africa. Okay. By the time I set up my equipment, Mm -hmm. it's like one extra started to backtrack a little bit. So it's like, all right, cool. Let me just wallow, tell you a quick little piece. I don't want to upset them by going doing whatever. But I literally just rebuilt my studio, my mics, and this box, it was something that I saw online. So I'm so used to broadcasting in a certain way. I'm being a nerd that I am. I'm like, I want to hit the button so the speaker's cut. You know, I did not turn that. I did pirate radio station when I was a kid. I did okay. pirate radio station for about two years. You get okay. what I'm saying? Trust me. Wake up yeah. Sunday morning, go pirate radio station, 10 o'clock in the morning. And yeah. then I stopped. Once I had learned what radio really was, and I started working at the BBC, I said, no more pirate radio. Because I knew where I wanted to elevate to. And because of the skills that I had, it was like, nah, I, I want to be part of this real movement of radio. But once I, I just went online and was just like, yo, I got a search. I'm, I'm yeah, an idiot. A slim, I see you use it, a slim black box. Yeah, it seems like it just has one button in it. It's you just one put button. That you press the button and the mic's, mic turn on. And then mm. I've, I've had to work out how to wire it up to my yeah. system to make it work 
with yeah. everything else I'm doing. But as I said, we're all sound system, man. So we'll always find a way. Always, you know what I mean? Running through a crossover, a mix, something <laughs> is going to make it work. As I if said, you see what I'm going through right now, <laughs> this mic is going through like a preamp that's got a compressor on it. It's going through another compressor that's got two compressors on it just to get that sound that sounds like the BBC. That crispy, round, punchy, um, commercial radio kind of micing kind of sound, this, that, the other. Is it uh, a Shure you're using? Uh, the Shure SM7B? No, sir. This is annoying the big boy mic them star. Sorry, sir. Sorry. <laughs> I record in my studio. This yeah. is where I do all my recordings as well. So everybody is coming here and recording. Marshall Montano, but like Tony Mataran, everybody, Cecile, come here. Everybody come on Vice. And yes, sir, we do voicing. It's not a joke. I've recorded horns in here, everything. Didn't know that. Listen, we're going to sit here. We could sit here and speak for eight Ever. years. Crazy. Because but we're the same, you know. Yeah. Muscle, we're the same. And then when I say we're the same, especially, you see Canada. Yeah. It's when I had a conversation with Cardinal Official. And I realized, you know, I said Canadians yeah. and English guys are pretty much the same. Because we are product of immigration. 1,000%. And... If if you if ever want to know who I'm the closest person to, mm -hmm. it wouldn't be a, a, it is Specs because I know Specs does the hip hop thing as well. Yeah. But you see, Cardinal Official, mm -hmm. when me and Cardinal Official had a conversation, yeah. it was like we was long lost brothers as well because we're chatting about KRS One, just wow. Ice, right. red, red. Like I was like, I never knew there was somebody I could have this <laughs> conversation with. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> like around and gets it you know what i mean and that, still in the circle and it, and that's why the internet is so beautiful because you could do what you do and somebody will get you and it's nice when somebody gets you and then Great. you could say you know what now i can just go on with whatever i want to do because somebody gets me yeah. and i do feel that a lot of people kind of get me yeah you found you found your tribe you when you find your tribe and your tribe embraces you and understands you, it makes you go further and push the envelope even more. You know 100%. what I mean? 100%. Just saying, before I get you out of here, there's one story I need out of you. We're speaking about it earlier, the Dame Dash story. Because that's the Dame, <laughs> 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 the Dame Dash story. Um, Dame Dash was, this is when Dame Dash signed Victoria Beckham. Okay. You remember Victoria Beckham? who um david beckham's wife who mm -hmm. was doing like um she does the whole designing thing mm -hmm. but is this was i think she wanted to go back into doing music mm -hmm. and then just swear blind say equal bossa yeah so he's come over to the uk obviously to do promotion and this is when my show was a mix-up of everything so he's coming on he's done an interview before and a very reputable dj at the time Turned around and said, the song is wicked. Mm -hmm. I thought, suck yourself, black. Man, <laughs> a bad man. Yeah. The song is rubbish, dog. And one of the things that I, like I said before, if me and somebody don't get along, and it's rare that me and people don't get along, yeah. I won't ever abandon their music. But mm. one of the things that I am very honest with is my opinion about the music. Fair and right. if I don't like something, and I will give you constructive criticism behind not liking it so this record come up so he's brought young guns into the studio young guns are freestyling this that the other i'm like i'm gonna test out your boys them this that the other boom 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 
and he's like, I'm giving them rhythms and whatever. And I'm just about to do the news into the link, you know, yeah. handing over the news to the link. Dame Dash shouts out, Rah, you look like Bernie Mac, the whole yeah. studio. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was, I was giving Young Guns pressure yeah. when he did it, the whole studio bus. And just before I did the link mm-hmm. for um, the news, mm-hmm. and the news person sitting in the studio, and I say it's early days, one extra. So you got to shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got jokes. We're going to chat about your Victoria Beckham record. Mm. Now over to the news at 5 30. Boom, close the mics. <laughs> They've gone outside. So they've come back in. So what do you mean? You don't like my Victoria Beckham? No, it's rubbish, blood. I go, look, you got Young Guns here, yeah? They've done an album of 16 tracks. Mm-hmm. I like Young Guns. Are you going to tell me that I like all 16 tracks? Mm-hmm. No. So somewhere, you're sitting there telling me the great Dame Dash, that you're that powerful, that anything that you do is going to be the one. I'm telling you, bruv, mm-hmm. that's not the one. Me and him went back and forth, back and forth. Like, you know what Dame's like. I did, I did not back down. When I mean... And this was on live here? This was live radio. You know, so I'm going to try and find the transmission just to get it. Okay. Live radio. But he was very respectful. Yeah. But he was Dame. Mm-hmm. And this was the early days of Dame. Yeah. Like, as a person coming out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, this rubbish, bruv. Like, yeah. I'm telling you, it's rubbish. Dame, that's what... It's rubbish. <laughs> on it, whatever. We don't like it. Yeah. It's weak. She, she can't pull it off. You see, when the show finished, mm-hmm. and we come out, a man looked at me, opened up a box, rock away stuff, everything. I fucks with you, man. You funny. You see, when I went to a rock nation, I went to go and do a documentary in America about hip-hop and dance and we went and had uh, dinner with rock nation and whatever. Mm-hmm. When I walked into rock nation, mm-hmm. I was like a folk hero. Everybody knew who I was. You was the guy that stood up against Dame Dash. And then there was another time when he came over and one extra, we used to host like listening parties and whatever. So the very first Kanye West listening party for um, graduation, like we hosted that with Kanye in the room. So we had a good link with the the label and everything for that. And DJ Semtex was Mm -hmm. part of Def Jam and all the rest of it. And he was on the station at the time. So Cameron, came over to do the same kind of thing, pink jacket, whatever, boom, boom, boom. And um, this was when the rumor mill was going around that Jay-Z was signing to Aftermath. The whole room is in there. Everybody wants to ask a question. Every other radio DJ from other radio stations is in one extra because we're hosting it. Okay. A sheer top dog. But I've got rapport with Dame in it. I'm like, well, I'll go on, Dame, you good? Well, I'll go on, shorty. Probably all know me now. I'll go and say, well, I'm going to ask a question that everybody wants to ask. And you know what I'm like. Is Jay leaving Rockefeller to go to Aftermath? The whole room. Dame knows what I'm like. Yeah. Go on, Dame. Why would he leave his label to go to another? That's ridiculous. End of. Couple months later, Jay's out of there, fam. And I think for me, I'm so lucky because I've done so many different people, like so many, not just reggae and dancer, so many different people. It's just that right now, muscle, 
it's like the heavens have tapped on me on my shoulders and said, you got to, this is what you got to do. And it's beautiful for me because it brings me home yeah. and it makes me have an identity. And when you get older in life, mm-hmm. you got to stand up for some minute. And I feel that I get the opportunity to stand up for my people with the music that I play and how I represent it. Because I try to show balance that it's not just one way. It's not just, it can be, and it's not just youth. There is big man. And I know so much of it that I think that I can provide. Hopefully, I think I can provide that balance. And that's what I'm, like, I could go on, like, trust me, we're, what, nearly three hours? <laughs> so much more. But what I do want to say, though, before you okay. mm-hmm. is that I'm really back on a production team. Okay. I'm really in the studios right now, and we have got some songs to release, my brother. Like, I really want people to pay attention to what I'm doing in the studio. Hopefully, you're liking what I'm doing in the studio. Okay. Um, at the beginning of the year, we just released a single with I Octane, um, All I've Got which was on a Judy Mara Black Black Woman rhythm. I'm working with a great, great team of uh, musicians, um, great team of engineers. Big up Birch, he mixes a lot of stuff for me. Big up Andre Solid, big up Don Chandler, big up all these people that contribute to the Shawnee B brand. You get what I'm saying? But as I say, it's not just me one. It is so many other people. So this year, we've got all those records coming out. Plus, I've got Remain Virgo single coming out. Um, I've got I just finished off a song with a UK rapper called Gets with Chronic Law um, I'm in conversation with Michael Rose about some stuff Um, there's so much Nessa Preppy from Trinidad I've got a song with her and a UK artist called Arara and my thing is I want to do what I see in other genres so when I see DJ Khaled Mm -hmm. do an album with all these yeah. great contributions. Queen, Quavo, and then Justin right. Bieber, and somebody, it's like, it's an eclectic mix, right? it works. And because of my remixing knowledge mm-hmm. of using different genres and putting them together, that's where I kind of want to, my sound, that's mm-hmm. what I want to bring, my sound of everything. So it may be just dance or rhythms, but it's going to yeah. have different people on it, mixing the UK with Jamaica. So I'm really so focused on that via the label we was working with artists and signing singles but the politics of the music mm-hmm. kind of hurts that sometimes and stores it yeah. so i just thought let me take it back to shawnee b as the artist just like how you got dj Khaled as the artist that's how you got made featuring xyz or whoever the case is is as the artist just like you got david get repositioning myself and repositioning the music because then that way if I can help open up a few more doors for some of these artists as well, it's all in the effort of us getting to that one place. You get what I'm saying? So really, really, really concentrating that on this year. Um, obviously, the corona kind of mashed us up, mm-hmm. but we're, we're, we're kind of regroup and we're good yeah. again. Back at doing the playlists online. So things like Pandora, we've struck up a deal with Pandora that just went live yesterday. So we're doing playlists for Pandora in conversations with Audio Mac. And I'm saying, who's with us? We'll work with them. And I mean, some some of those other platforms did us dirty. I mean, we we, we grew a, a Spotify platform to 100,000. Mm-hmm. And we was contributing to Dancehall King, dance, everything. You know what I'm saying? And then just one day it was like, nah, we don't want to do it no more. And then they took the the list that we created with the numbers that we created and went and changed it to Retro Dancer. So I'm saying, where is the care for the new artists? Where is the care for the new music? 
you're just lending on the old. This music yeah. is not a legacy music. This is not just a heritage music, yes? All heap of legacy and heritage and all heap of that. But what we've also got is a great future. And my thing right now is to show the new talents that are coming through, people them like the Leela IKs and Naomi Cowers, the Jazz Elise, um, and Savannah. With her yesterday. I... We're not One even gonna. Go, we're not gonna go down that road. Okay, you know, talk about it quickly. Talk about it quickly. Right, but it's, that, that is majorly important to me because yeah. it's about getting the right ones. Yeah. And even like the big yard sessions that we did this year, a lot of the names that we did at big yard this year, I know people don't know a lot of these names. But when I see comments like Kim name, it's the first time I've heard this go. Excellent, really interested. Like for do you know how big it is? And I, I know I keep going on about this. But for them four young Jamaican women to get a million views two weeks yeah. after the great Buju Banton got a million views. Yeah. Do you know what that says? Yeah. And to know that individually, they may all struggle to get 100,000 here, 200,000 there. But when they come together, the unity. Could yeah. you imagine if I did that with a tapa tap dance or artist them? Like, muscle, make a talk. You are talk. <laughs> Could you imagine mm -hmm. if I did that? What that would do for the culture what people would sit there and think, oh my God, look at this man. I'm not a car no name, I'm want no trouble. But if you get put this man with this man and this man and rare, 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 look at like, let, let me quit end on this. Mm -hmm. It's full time. Our people need to understand what unity is all about. Because when we unify, when I give you a strength on your platform and your numbers go up and you give me back a strength to say, surely I do this over here, sir. Look at what's happening on Major Hype's platform. You are look what's happening when we lend our platforms to these people. New stars are born. Look at Walshy Fire's platform. These platforms are, all of them have got a million followers. And sounds like, we've seen people take our culture and gone with it. And I've heard a lot of people saying, oh, but you know, in America, they always battle this, that. Me never hear nobody say battle, me a clash. Yeah. <laughs> you never say battle then? Buckle. Say it's, a, say it's a buckle. Yeah, versus, versus yeah. a clash. It's a clash. Mm -hmm. And we need to understand the beauty. Not even we. Jamaica! Understand the beauty of what you have and what you give yeah. to the world. Because I am a product of absorbing all of that and more. You get what I'm saying? And there's so many others out there. And what is lucky, I would say lucky, is that somebody like me can absorb that and mm -hmm. give it back. There's some people that's absorbing it and not giving it back. And keep it. Keep and they it. keep it for themselves. Like, my thing, Muscle, mm -hmm. is that our youths have to be able to inherit this. Yeah. But there's not much that they can inherit in the world. Mm -hmm. So I see this, what I'm doing, as my birthright. It's my birthright. It's my okay. birthright to do this. I'm a kid and walk into a certain place. This belongs to me. Yeah. Or somebody else that can walk the same walk that I've walked. The skills, the talent, and the know-how to actually do it. So if you weren't doing it, it's almost like you're doing it injustice to yourself, your 100%. legacy, and the entertainment industry on a whole. Hundred percent. So I just want people to know that, especially Shani B, it's not a selfish brand when you see this. Like genuinely, I, I, I'm probably one of the most unselfish persons in the world, and I get this whole our family. Why are you doing that? With because it's for the music. It's for the people if one person don't change if a few of us don't change we'll never ever see changes when i was 20 odd stone 
I, I don't know how much pounds that is in the lot's metric system. Yeah, <laughs> Over 300 pounds or whatever. When I was there, if I didn't start that journey to drop weight, mm-hmm. I wouldn't get to which part of there right now. If we don't start this journey of unifying what we do, seeing the beauty of what we've got, and really kind of linking up and creating, we're going to throw away everything that we've got. And I, I, I don't want to see that. And remember, one man's garbage is another man's treasure. And then yeah, when, they pick up, when they pick up the garbage and turn it into the treasure, we have nothing to save us. We've seen that already because that analogy that you said is that analogy that I use all the time. Because mm-hmm. that boop, boop rhythm that we had, boom, boom, keep, boom, boom, doom, doom, mm, 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 all of that, we got tired of that in our muscle. We got tired. Of, how many more readings are going to be boom, kibum, kibum, kibum? How many more? We threw it outside. Do you know how, you know how many people pass and pick that up? <laughs> so I said, upon millions and polished millions. it down. And now we can't even do nothing with that sound there. So but, for us to go back to it, it would seem like, what are you doing now? Now right. you reinvent yourself and create another. Mm, mm. Mm-mm. That's what that's we have to do. Another 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And do you know what? That did get recreated, but somewhere along the lines, the DNA gets shifted. Because from certain drum patterns to Gigi to Bam Bam to Dembo to all of these kind of different drum patterns, yeah. that, 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 that was the essence of what dance style is. Just like house music, boom, 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 boom. Afrobeats, it's got the little bounce in it. Hip hop, you know. That's what makes it that genre. It's that, that genre. thing that you probably can't understand unless you're a musician, but it's that thing is what makes this dance hall. This thing is what makes it trap. This is what makes it Afrobeats. I know if I walk in, in a club, and a lot of the clubs that I play with, play in, in the UK mm-hmm. are multi genre clubs that play trap, yeah. hip hop, RB, rare, rare, rare. I know the minute that I go on, mm-hmm. I just stand up there. But I'm a player. But I'm a go. I could just go beanie man. Jim, 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 jim. You want a proper fix? Party done. You understand. I could go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Party done. I could go toast. Doom, 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 doom. Party done. Yeah. The minute we chip in with that sound, I'll sound lock off. I don't care what you played. <laughs> Okay, you know, sometimes I got some places mm-hmm. and they're like, Here comes a bully. Yes, <laughs> he's the bully. That's our Libo McCall myself. Yeah. I know once I take the stage, yeah. I'ma start run up and down. Who who was hosts? They call us hosts in the UK. Who was hosts like us? Yeah. Who can MC chat fuckery like us and entertain? Have you stand up and laugh, your belly bust, and oh now I don't play a song. What? what genre does that like please tell me there ain't no genre in the world that does all of that you know we put reason rhyme and reason to everything mm-hmm. we're the greatest out there caribbeans are the greatest i, mean, I, mean, I just said jamaica i'm dominican mm-hmm. caribbeans were the greatest we're unique set of people we're trendsetters mm-hmm. so my thing is just that trend that we set that culture that we set i just want to play my role in bringing it to the masses. Shining, shining, shining. Epic. Epic. And again, I have a different set of questions. You know how many things I've even spoken about? Honestly, we we didn't touch, if you've been doing this, how long have you been doing this? 
32 years. Okay, 32 years. We've, and we've spoken now about three hours. We've yeah. only spoken about three hours of your 30-year career. You understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. Three hours out of a 30-year career is absolutely, not, that's not even a day. That's not even half a day. That's a quarter of a day in your life if you put it all together. You understand? There's so many stories, bro. Oh, honestly, I, I am truly, truly, mm-hmm. truly blessed. You, Honestly, are, like, you are truly blessed. That's the only way that I can say it because mm-hmm. I live my life the way I want to live it. Yeah. As I say, I always say, Mina Rich. That's like my, that's <laughs> like my thing that I say, Mina Rich. Mm-hmm. But it's not about riches, it's about life. And to know you have a passion that from when you was a kid, mm-hmm. like your school friends that turn like teachers and them still love dance all. But I, one of my school friends, mm-hmm. His wife wanted him to come to Jamaica with me on the on his 40th birthday yeah. just to enjoy it in that manner. And I'm like, rah, <laughs> I live this every day. So, you know yeah. what? I'm just muscle, truly blessed. And thank you for the time to for me to tell the story. Guys, I don't get the opportunity to do this all the time. And I did <laughs> say to you... The other side of the mic. Always the other side of the mic. And sometimes I do want to tell my stories. I'll tell you what is hard. Yeah. It's when somebody's telling a story and you know you could contribute to that story, but you have to hold back as a presenter. Because it's their time. It's not it's, my stage. It's I've, had to, I've had to learn so much because my manager used to say, you don't need to fucking, you don't need to do that, Shawnee. You don't, you don't need to justify yourself. Mm-hmm. You're all right. That's why you're doing the interview. I'm like, yeah, but some people just don't under, like the other day I was speaking to Leela. Here we go. Another hour. The other day I was speaking to Leela <laughs> and she was chatting about the way she is, grown up on the music yeah and she's like surely i come from country christiana so immediately i want to say that's a black cat come from <laughs> you get what i'm saying like and i did actually and then i said and then she started to explain when they play the music in 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 country mm-hmm. it's done in a chronological order like okay. when you go to a dancing country mm-hmm. a dancing country is a dance mm-hmm. a dancing town is a party because the part the dance start different in country and that manure the yeah. man will play more vocals you have to go through the errors you start from one place and then you build up you build up and she go by the end of the night then you hear the dancer i wanted to be like i concur i know what you're talking about rare, 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 rare. but i just sat back and what was beautiful with her is that she was able to tell that story without me having to add anything else on top so it's very difficult for me because i've been part of it as well so I want to tell my little story with them. You know what I mean? I, I think it's important for me to tell my little story with them. So look out, you may see the book soon. Yeah. Once I get my number one, when I get my number one record, <laughs> then we'll get the book. It's around <laughs> the corner more than you even know. But as Trust I said, people are going to learn so much from this because I know I have. This has been, again, I had a certain, I had a structure set up. I said, okay, I know this is the way we're going to go. But when you started to almost take it left, I said, nah, man, we're going that way because it was so epic. I didn't realize half of the stuff you're saying again because i'm on the other side of the pond canada is focused on canada states and the caribbean you know what i mean and then that's where we're missing and when we're missing the uk and europe and africa that's a humongous part of the puzzle Mm. we're here so then now i'm so happy that we got to connect and you got to speak everything listen as you're speaking, I know the clips that I'm taking out right away. I almost want to push end right now so I can go take out this clip and put it out right now. 
I just want to say thank you very much, uh, yeah. Muscle. And like, I want to see more of my UK people on it. One thousand. And when I say on here, mm -hmm. on all the platforms, mm -hmm. because it's not just me. Yeah. I'm I'm one of the last to come through the gate. I've just been through there doing whatever. There's so many generals over here, Muscle. And it's so important to speak to so many of them because they they got the stories like the Big Johns from Birmingham. You get what I'm saying? Obviously, the Musclehead from Saxon, Trevor Sachs from mm -hmm. Saxon. Like, mm -hmm. All these people, there's so many people. Like even some of the artists, them like the Sweetie Iries, the General Levies and all these kind of top cat, all these kind of artists. There's such a rich history in the UK. Mm -hmm. And... It, it, right now, it just seems like it's, oh, Shani's out there. No, no, no. There's, there's so many other people. So any help that you need to contact them, I could be your researcher. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I push end, we're talking about some stuff right off the ear. Because again, no there's so, as you said, this the world is so wide when it comes to this culture. And mm -hmm. reggae, dance, hall, soca, whatever you're into, it's crazy. But sometimes we get lost in focusing on, if we're going to say sound, we get lost in focusing just on the Jaro, the King Addies, the Bodyguards, the Stone Loves, the Mighty Crow. But when you really look beyond that, you know what kind of history is out there, boss? Oh, there's so much history out there. And, and that's why I appreciate the Irish and Chin platform, because sometimes they talk about some sounds and I'm like, jeez, you must have to forget about them sound there. Like, over there, sir, is pit, that's Nerdville. Like, yeah. um, train spot, yeah. Anorak heaven. You get what I'm saying? Like, sometimes I'm like... Oh no, really want to chat about that? Yeah. That's <laughs> change your life, you know me, G. But you know what it is? I get the passion. Yeah. I get I was that guy outside, like in Milton Keynes at the World Clash, just to get in there to hear Bodyguard play Clarendon and then to hear um Addis play the ninja and bonte and don't get the forward that I thought it was gonna get, and see him take the, the plate off of the turntable and slap it on the ground. Like Yes, dog. The man, because he lost his voice. Yeah. And then man on the next sound had to chat for him. That he year did. I thought, I, brother, I thought, that year I thought Babyface was coming to clean. I was, I had this fan, but a New York okay. song. Uh, uh, yo, when the man played the Bonte and the Ninja, I said, dance, done. Yeah. Can you have to remember, you know, that, that night there, you know, Johnny played the Clarendon and Gunshot Boss in a Milton yeah. Keynes, you know, dog. I was close by the shot and this place was massive. You know how I many sound system boxes that there was? There was probably more box than blood clot people. That, and this place, it was a massive ice rink, you know? Like, oh, massive. Yeah. You need to get the stories of those clashes, though. That was, was that the one Afrik was in also? Um, I don't, was Afrik in that one? Yeah, it man. It was Kibra Negus. I think it was Kibra Negus, Bodyguard, Saxon, mm -hmm. Addis. And that's the one Saxon one. That's the one I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it's the one Saxon one. And then the year, the, the year before, it who won the first one? You know what? I was in a quiz the other day and I forgot about this. And I was at the dance. Yeah. I think that was the one that Bodyguard, I think, could have won. Because that's the year that he played the yakety yak, don't come back. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I, one, if I remember good, Bodyguard won one. And I think yeah. Saxon, Saxon won, won one. one. But a freak was either in that first one. You know what, Afrique, Afrique could have been, you know what, I'll be honest with you, Afrique could have been in the first one. Even in the video, I've got the video in there somewhere, I'm on the video. But you would what? never, ever recognise me, you would never, ever. And that was holding like a, a rolling skating rink and all the rest of it. That took forever to get inside that dance. Like, the second clash, 
I nearly drove home. There was thousands of people outside the dance, like hundreds and thousands. Security was standing up on the table, kicking people to get away from the door. Man, I fire shut outside. The old Middle Kings was a mess that night, dog. That, that's thousands of thousands of people. You need to speak. If you want to get sound clash history, you need to speak to somebody that was involved in that dance. I think Trevor Sachs mm-hmm. would be an excellent per- person. I don't think Musselhead really does the whole interview thing and all the rest of it. But I think Trevor I, Sachs I, would I, be a- on here. I need to put this on here. I tried to reach out to Musclehead because I said, hmm, a Musclehead versus a Musclehead interview where we both wear glasses would be yeah, freaking yeah, but he said <laughs> he's not that type of person. So he's not. I think I'm one of the only people that's got muscle to talk on here. Yeah. A man ring me the next day and say, what kind of juju I work, Sean? I think I'm muscle and I talk. Like, I- muscle don't talk. And again, I'm going to say this. I think muscle sort of pure, like muscle yeah. I <laughs> you don't want this interview to done. I grew up on Saxon. My brother, as I English you, was Saxon. Saxon, mm. Saxon, Saxon. The little sound effect. I uh-huh. hear that in my dream. <laughs> One time them play against a sound called Young Lion, literally a hundred yards up from my, my yard. I yeah. hung out my bedroom window to listen to Saxon sound. Last right. year, was it last year or the year before, I played on Saxon. It's the proudest my brother has ever been in his life. Yeah. Like, when I mean proud, I'm a mm. fuck it up. Big up my brother, Alan Brando. Give me the stage. Yeah. And that's the year that Agent Sasko and um, Spragger come and perform. And that was like a viral clip from Carnival. Yes. At the end of it, I had to call Musclehead and say, Muscle, mm-hmm. come. Yeah. This is my bigger brother, Benny Bronx. Mm-hmm. Yo, my brother was like, yo, you don't even know. The whole <laughs> walk, you have to walk, go on from Carnival, you know, the whole walk home. Rah, you played on Saxon. And... All of the man them from my estate are Saxonites. That's what you used to call him. Saxon. <laughs> you see when me play on Saxon in Carnival, I death on my boss. This was two years ago. Them said, is now your boss. All of them man there, that's how them love Saxon. And to the point that Musclehead will pick up the phone and call me and Musclehead not chat to people just like that. He's a very, he's a recluse. Like he's about his music. I can phone Muscle and call him. Them, you see them things there for me, Muscle? That is like, raw. Like, those are my superheroes. Of course you know this, bro. Rory Stone, like my car, Rory, like, Rory. Possible. We had a car before. Like, what go on, Rory? Fuck off. This is great. The great Rory, bro. You see I, that name that you just said, superhero? Yeah. When I sat down with Rory, I think it was last year sometime. That, in the intro, that's what I told him. I said, listen, you're you're a living sound system superhero. Remember what, brother, you remember what I said, you know? It's juggling stone love that made me realize what I could do in dance art. So for Rory to be my friend, and when I mean Rory's my friend, Rory ring me and be like, what go on? Oh, you know, call me. What? Yeah. I'm sitting there like <laughs> I remember the first time Rory said to me, Shawnee. Send over this rhythm or yeah, mix it. I reggae roots rhythm. Send it over. I'm gonna make my engineer. I phone my brethren, fish. I said, fish. Mm-hmm. Roy just told me to send a song. <laughs> fish just started to laugh. <laughs> pussy, your boss. Your boss, pussy. <laughs> Brother, about six months later, 
Rory phoned me out of the blue. And I'm going to end on this, guy. <laughs> I'm going to end. If you have any more questions, that's cool. Yeah. But this is the last I'm going to say. This is the last this one. Me- this meant so much to me. It was this position that I'm in right now. Rory phoned me. I go, Shawnee, you're the next one. I goes, what? This is about three years ago. Mm-hmm. You're the next one. I goes, Rory, we got chat, sir. Shawnee, whatever I can do to help you, say the word. You're the next one. You're important to this culture. Keep it black, son. Rory Stone Love. Kill me dead if I'm lying. Yeah. And you know what that means? That's like a baller hearing Pele or Maradona. That's like a boxer hearing Tyson say, come, you're the next heavyweight champ, fam. Like that, I stood up in my studio and walked around for a few moments. (laughs) I'm not lying to you. Like I muscle, I swear to God on my life. I was like, what was that all about? (laughs) Rory Foreman goes, whatever you need. Like, Shawnee, you're the next one. We need you. So when I get when I hear them things there, like it's like fuck, you know, my life. Like literally, I always ring home like, yo, you never believe. <laughs> and it's I'm just a- happening, happening, happening. When Bounty Killer called me outside All Star Thursdays, I goes, Charlie B, come me. I hear that you got a song that you want me to do. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who tell you? Jazzwad? Got Jazzwad at my amiga school and say, yeah, I think I Jazzwad or Marshall. Take, take my number. <laughs> I don't care if I know a killer from before, but killer said, take my number. To the point that in my phone, it says, Killy. I didn't even put that R in at the end. And I, I didn't want to press the league because I didn't want to answer number again, just in case I deleted it accidentally. When I went back to my hotel room, I was like, blood. This is what I said. And this is going to be the last thing. Blood clock. Me and Beanie are friend. Me and Bonte are friend. Boom, buckle up, my boss. <laughs> and that's where I'm coming from, dog. Since your boss leave your contact where they could check you out, my brother. Shawnee B Remix, that's S-E-A-N-I-B Remix, or look out for the sign, you know, the logo. This is, I can't even do it properly. Grabbing the wrong parts. (laughs) Um, This is Brockout, follow my my team. This is Brockout. And obviously Thursday nights, BBC Radio 1 Extra, 7 till 10 during the quarantine. Once a month we write for um, the Voice newspaper as well. And obviously the YouTube channel one extra to see all the freestyles and sessions. Shani, it's been an amazing, and you know, this is just the first of the journey that we're on, right? Right. We have so many more times to catch up and we're going to meet each other in some real strange places. What are you doing here? Because this is the (laughs) only thing that we still haven't really met and shook hands and said, yes. You know what I mean? We're going to meet, whether it's on Jam Raccoons, whether it's in Jamaica, whether it's in Canada, it's going to be somewhere really like, holy smokes, shiny muff, and then we're late. Specs, Specs is sending the invitation. <laughs> <laughs> Specs and Dory is sending the invitation for sure to come to Canada. So it's going to happen. And I, sooner than you expect, because I'm going to sit down with Specs and be like, yo, what are we going to do after this, dog? Like, if I'm coming to Canada, I've never been to Canada. Um, if I'm coming, never, ever been to Canada. So okay. if I've ever, if I'm coming to Canada, I'll tell yeah. you like, um, I tell you, I talk forever, you know. <laughs> Do you know a guy called Papa Richie that used to be on a radio station over there? That, I think that's Ottawa or Montreal. Possibly, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Toronto. Not Toronto, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like Ottawa, Montreal, Windsor, somewhere like that. I used to link with him. He used to 
press my records down there. So I've got my links over there so and all the rest of it. So there's been interest and there's been interest before, before for me to come over there. But I think right now is kind of like the right time. And I think for me to come over there, I would like to go over there on a radio tour. And mm-hmm. I think only Specs and me could do it. Because we're brothers. Like, yeah, real brothers. Sure. Big up Specs and the family. <laughs> Specs the boss. Specs That's the my boss. Still never got a clear answer. What the hell does that mean, bro? What does that mean? <laughs> you know, suspects are mad, man, innit? I don't think many people know. Specs have got the frigging quirkiest side. Once he once he flips out, yeah. <laughs> I don't know uh, if it's Specs anymore, but yeah. Specs is uh, we live probably 15 minutes from each other. You know what I mean? That, that's my brother there. He's five minutes from my studio. You yeah. know what I mean? So big up. Shiny B. Thank you so, 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 so very much. We got to connect and do this again. But yo, Listen. this was over three hours. Over Listen. three hours of content. Fire. Listen. Can't wait to put this out. Let the people them here. Big up. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle. And this has been another Two Line Music Cuts Entertainment Report podcast. And we are out. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusichut.com.